Hey, what's going on, Cam? Merry Christmas, man. Oh, Merry Christmas, Jordan. It's good to see you, man. Yeah, you know, I mean, we've been we've been trying to save these people for for a while now, a couple of episodes. Uh, how are you feeling about these holidays? You know, I feel I feel good, even though you know the world's kind of crazy right now. But it's wild. But you know, the, the holiday spirit still pervades, still yeah, comes through. Know, I think that reminds me of a song. Oh, it does. <laughs> uh, if you will, I think it goes. A little something like this. On the twelfth day of Christmas, white saviors gave to me twelve Kevin Costners, eleven slave rebellions, ten sledding Jamaicans, nine negligent teachers, eight colonizers, seven slave auditions, six dancers breaking. It's George and Steve. Four motherfuckers always trying to touch my hair. Oh, can be you good? Oh. <clears throat> yeah, sorry about that. Three Karens, two drive-bys, and a white man's burden DVD. Yeah. <laughs> Happy holidays, y'all. Happy Kwanzaa. <laughs> Happy holidays, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of White Paper Won't Save You. This is the podcast where we deconstruct these white savior movies and then we recontextualize them through a black and POC lens. I'm one of your hosts, Jordan Clark. And I'm the other one, Cameron Mason. And we've got we've got a special Christmas holiday episode for you guys today because this one is all about family. The movie's about family. It's truly a have, gift. We well, it's something. And we've got <laughs> we've got our family here joining us today yeah. on the show. We've got both of our sisters, which is a, a nice treat. Uh, Cameron, do you want to introduce yours first? This is my my longtime sibling, Kemet. Hey. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Kemet, Kemet has some rosé going on. Yeah. You know, which, you know, looks like tell, a good time. Tell the people about yourself a little bit, Kemet. Um, so my name is Kemet. Um, I reside in Baltimore, Maryland. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> hey. And uh, I'm a full-time stylist. And yeah, I... I like rose yeah, lit and, and movies <laughs> about racism. Oh, sure. Yeah. That's part of it, I guess. Um, and my sister is also here, Carmen, who, if you've listened to the intro, that's her. She did the music for our show, which again, Woo-hoo. thank you so much for that. <laughs> I sing along to it every time, which is weird. I don't know because I'm like I like this song, and I'm like because I made it. So yeah. it makes it, that makes hey. me think that Beyonce like listens to Halo and just sings along every oh, time. Yes, she probably sings "Ring the Alarm" to Jay like on a <laughs> when when the alarm goes off, she's like "Ring the alarm." Yeah, or I'm gonna call Solange. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Carmen, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Hello, I'm Carmen. I am not Cameron. I'm Carmen. That's right. That's I right. I get called Cameron a lot. And I get called <laughs> Carmen. It happens. Okay. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it does. It really does. Um, yep. I live in Chicago, but I'm from Maryland, East, East Coast. Um, gang, gang. Yeah. Uh, I am a video editor as my job, but I also just watch movies, listen yeah. to podcasts, and try to sell stuff online, but that's not here nor there. It's working. We're, we're going <laughs> to plug that that store. She's got a nice Instagram store going for y'all if you're looking for some some clothes for the holiday season. So mm. get in on that. Uh, but Carmen, you chose today's movie. <laughs> and I think we all instantly have regret. But can you tell us? Okay, from- can, I just, can I just say that I thought that I was choosing a different movie. <laughs> I... <laughs> I <laughs> I'm sorry, George's face right now. <laughs> okay, listen, listen. Okay. So you have to tell me what movie I thought I chose because it's I think it was called Black or White or something similar, but it was a nineties movie with another white actor, not Kevin Costner, but there's like a black family that is in his past somehow. I don't know if it was like he was raised by them or something but there's a it was like a trailer that you sent me and it was a Mm. really weird just like average white guy goes back to the hood and Mm. it was weird well this is gonna be so i didn't mean to choose this movie this is gonna (laughs) be a white people won't save you investigation we're gonna have to look into this other film that we thought we're gonna watch yeah yeah i really thought you sent me it i'm sorry but no it's fine well tell us (laughs) About this movie then. When did you realize this was not the movie? (laughs) When I pressed play, (laughs) I was really upset. I was (laughs) like, this is not what I thought. This is not what I signed up for. And um, I think like halfway through, I was like, okay, I think I remember seeing ads for this movie and being like, why is this a movie? Mm -hmm. And that's not a movie I'll ever see, but here i am and now i've seen it so no meaning no Boy. no no significance to me i chose the wrong movie <laughs> now <laughs> we are <laughs> well uh black or white is well i'll tell you a little bit about it and then i'm gonna just go in on this movie because i will say up front this movie i haven't been upset like this since we watched green book like this is I you know I told Cameron earlier that this is this is the one that broke me. Like we had been yeah. kind of chugging along, yeah. like watching these films, and you know there's there's levels of offensiveness going on throughout. But like this one, combination of the movie itself and then what I'm gonna read to all of you. No. Afterwards, I don't want to hear it. It's bad. It's real bad. But we're gonna get through it together. <laughs> but it, I I. Mm, mm. But yeah. let me let me let me tell you a little bit. This movie is directed. That's an, and acu- written... that's an accurate response to this movie. Yeah. This movie is directed and written by Mike Binder, who you might know as the director of Blank Man, uh, amongst other things. What? Yeah. Right. Right. What? Yeah. Right. No, I did like really? pull up the IMDb. I guess I didn't scroll down that far. That's yeah. what else has he done? He did a terrible show on HBO called The Mind of Married Men. 
And he's also been just like, he's a stand-up comedian turned actor, turned whatever the hell he thinks he's doing with this. And uh, <laughs> I need to go down the rabbit hole now. Mm. Cause... He also did, he did another movie with Kevin Costner called <laughs> The Upside of Anger, which just sounds terrible. But uh, this movie was produced by Kevin Costner. And not just that, it was almost entirely funded by Kevin Costner because he read I the mean... script. And he gave him $9 million and said, let's make a movie. So <laughs> Kevin Costner wow. put $9 million of his own money on the table to make this movie. Uh, it also stars Octavia Spencer, Bill Burr, um, briefly and randomly Gillian Jacobs, Anthony Mackie, a, a, I, a person I feel terrible for, Andre Holland, who's way too good for everybody in this movie. I'd, and I'd almost say... He got like, done so dirty. I'd he almost say so drop, the, drop the black acting score. Wait, Andre Hollins, who was he in that? He he's, was the, the, he's the father. He's the, the drug user father. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Mm-mm. Well, I was so, gonna, I, I didn't know his I was going to say drop, was the, like, drop the black acting school drop for him because, god damn. Yeah. Like, for, this is for... Was he in passing? Yeah. I, ju- I watched that before I watched Black or White. Yeah, he was also, I mean, people might know him either from the... I had a sick day, so I had all day to watch oh, all boy. this shit. What a and double, what a double was feature. Like, wasn't he in the last movie <laughs> I watched? <laughs> this is a shift. Yeah, Andre Howland from, from The Nick, and then you might also know him from Moonlight. Um, but this is oh, this is yeah. for Andre Howland and Andre Howland only. He gets yeah, yeah. nobody Anthony else. Anthony Mackie, <laughs> Anthony Mackie had a great Uncle Tom uh, monologue, though. He okay, definitely well, did. Yeah, we, like well, he then, acted the hell out of it, and I was just like, "Oh, I feel so bad that you have to say these words." All right. Well, then Anth- Anthony Mackie gets this. Then. No. That's her. Okay. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. The check, the check that this movie gave him, man, is, those Disney checks. This will bounce right off that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, Cameron, this is gonna hurt. Music by Terrence Blanchard. Terrence Blanchard of like <laughs> Spike Scores fame. Yep, I saw that. Like, it, what was funny uh, was I was watching the movie and I didn't even see who did the music at the top. exactly that's what he played when he found out he got the job for this yeah a lot of black people got comments (laughs) into this movie yeah because i was like listening to it it's got this jazzy score going on and i'm like really about it and then suddenly i'm like oh wait this is these are the tones of someone i know and then at the end it was like terrence blanchard did the music and i'm like bro what did they i mean he only had nine million dollars to give out like what what chunk of that did you get to do this? Because it must have been a yeah, lot. Uh, the budget for the movie is nine million. The box office is twenty one point seven million. So they did make money on this. Technically a success. Technically <laughs> a success. Um, yeah. But critically, a huge bomb. Because uh, <laughs> not a fucking movie that duh. was well received. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try to give you five minutes on this movie. I you know have have blanked a lot of it out of my mind. I'm really only looking at the notes that I took, and a lot of my notes are this movie is racist and fuck this movie. So we're, <laughs> <laughs> we're yeah. gonna try to get through it, but Cameron, you can give me the, you can all give right. me a lot the of time. my notes. Like a lot of my notes are in all caps. I'll just yeah. let that yeah yeah. No, my last my last 
couple of of notes are in all caps, and they're both "This movie is racist and fuck this movie." So, <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> oh, that's like mine. My yeah. last one is "Fuck this ending." No, it's my look, last sibling note. connection. We're vibing. We we can yeah. honestly feel like I should have taken notes, nah. but a lot of it was triggering yeah. to me, so I just was like, "Ah, oh, I'm gonna remember this." Seared <laughs> um, into your memory. <laughs> this is just. So, yeah. yeah, Cameron, give me give me the countdown and I'll <laughs> see what I can yeah. do. Five, four, three, two, one. All right. This movie starts with Kevin Costner, who is a, a racist alcoholic. Um, he is in the hospital because somebody died and they don't tell us who it was. We either assume it's either his wife or his daughter or somebody, but they withhold that information for at least 20 minutes. Uh, so we, yeah. we <laughs> continue on it. We learn that Kevin Costner, whose name is Elliot, Elliot Anderson, is the grandfather of this black child whose name is Eloise. And he gets just shit face drunk and next day wakes up, has to try to do this little black girl's hair. And like 30 seconds mm-hmm. into it, he's just like, how do I send her away? Like this is, you have to do this every day. He does not seem enthused. <laughs> so he sends her to school. He doesn't tell her that her grandmother's dead, nope. but he just sends her to school. And then afterwards she comes out. He's with um, Bill Burr, who is a racist lawyer and uh, Gillian Anderson, who is Britta from community fame, who just is randomly in this movie, seemingly only for this scene in which, Gillian Jacobs. Gillian Anderson G- is... Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, uh, Scully. Oh, Scully. right. Agent Scully. Yeah, yeah, Gillian no, Jacobs. Scully. Right. Oh, that's her name. That's Scully. Yeah. Keep going. Gillian <laughs> Jacobs is literally only in this movie for this really awkward and terrible scene in which Kevin Costner and this little girl argue back and forth about whether her name is Fudge. And then, and then he tells her that her grandmother is dead. In the has, same breath. <laughs> Almost no reaction to that. Uh, but but from there, it's like we are, are with Kevin Costner for this whole part. And then there's a there's a moment where he's talking with Bill Burr and Bill Burr brings up Grandma Wee Wee, who is Rowena, who is Octavia Spencer. And you can tell off the bat that Kevin Costner does not like this woman. She shows up at the wake for his wife and immediately just starts talking to him about like, shared custody and like we need to raise this child together he's like fuck that fuck you and you know what you did we don't know what she did but he really doesn't like this woman and then we (laughs) see that he hires a african tutor to Mm -hmm. like teach her everything teach eloise everything so he's the math tutor and he's also a grief counselor and there's a, another terrible joke where he's like, yeah, all of my family died in what I assume is a genocide, but it's just kind of thrown out there for no reason. Uh, <laughs> we then learn that the mom died in like a, a accident. I guess she was hit by a drunk driver. We don't really learn anything more than that. But what what happens is uh, Duvon, it's Duvon. Duvon is the name of the uh, the tutor. They all go over to wee wee's house uh because bill burr has informed kevin Costner that she wants to get sole custody over eloise and so he's like fuck that you're not taking this child away from me so he goes over there and he just starts yelling at her duvon walks in the house like he doesn't know black people like he's never seen black people he's just like who are these niggas 
and I, I just don't understand like what that is. But uh, <laughs> Ellen, so, so Rarita and and Kevin Cosner basically just get locked in this this custody battle. They both want custody over Eloise and Anthony Mackie, who somehow is her brother. It's very confusing. Is also a lawyer, and so he's like, "Yo, we need to." let everybody know that Kevin Costner is a racist and a drunk and all of this stuff. Even if he's not racist, we need to make people believe he's racist because that's how we're going to win this case. And then Kevin Costner's lawyers are like, black people are going to say that you're racist. And so we need to be racist to make sure that we win this case. Uh, And we're going to bring up the father of Eloise, who is played by Andre Holland, who is, I guess, just just a crack addict. He's a crack addict. And he's a felon. He's something else, I guess. but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah, and so <laughs> immediately after, uh, <laughs> they bring up Reggie, who is Andre Holland. Well, before that, they go to court, and there's just a weird, sassy black judge who, like Octavia Spencer, like gets into this weird staring contest with. All of that shit is just very strange. But they are. Fighting, they're fighting for custody over Eloise, who gets just lost in this entire movie. But Reggie shows up. <laughs> I told you I wasn't going to get it. <laughs> Reggie shows up just out of the blue, out of nowhere, to Elliot's office. And he's like, yo, I'm back. I'm clean. I'm off the drugs. You know, I know everything that's going down between you and my my mom. If you just give me $25,000, I'll leave and I won't say anything and like she won't be able to use me in this case. And Kevin Costner's like, fuck that and fuck you. You're going to come over to my house tonight and you're going to see your daughter, you piece of shit. And so Andre Holland doesn't show up and then Kevin Costner gets even more drunk. There's a weird running theme throughout this movie where one, this little girl is forced to bark like a dog because she's a puppy. I don't know what that so is. Weird. And then there's it. another running theme throughout the movie in which she wants Kevin Costner to yell at her because that's what dads do. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> I didn't like that. I was like, why do you want that um, so bad? That's so weird. <laughs> yeah, but then at a certain point, he actually does yell at her because he's drunk as shit and starts like trying to yoke her up. And so she's like, leave me alone. Don't touch me anymore. And so Kevin Costner is scared that he's going to lose this case. Rowena just randomly shows up out the blue to his house with all of like the whole neighborhood. Like her side of the family is like 70, 80 black people who all live in one house across the street from a crack house. So (laughs) they all show up at Kevin Costner's house. They're like, you said we could come over, use the pool whenever. Let's have a pool party. Rowena's also like, so I also invited my son, Reggie, over here. He wants to see his daughter. So Kevin Costner storms out the house uh, in his pajamas and is like, never come around here again. You're a piece of shit. In fact, you're a street nigger. Hard R. Emphasis on the R. A very white (laughs) thing to add a qualifier to nigger. So he's a street nigger. And then he, he, Andre Holland walks. He doesn't murder him. He actually just walks away. And then... (laughs) comes back. I mean, he calls him a crackhead, too. He says a um, lot of shit about him. Yeah. And then he comes back after all that to come and see his daughter. And so he comes to see Eloise. They're bonding. Kevin Costner is also very worried because Eloise is seeing a psychiatrist and she's talking about wanting to reconnect with her father. And so he's like, this is all bad. I don't want any of this. And then the, the, the trial goes on 
in a very strange manner. But basically what happens is now Reggie wants sole custody. He's like, I want to have my daughter back. He keeps telling everybody that he's clean. Nobody believes that he's clean. Eventually he gets on the stand. The only question that Bill Burr has for him is to spell his daughter's name, which he can't spell because it turns out that he's also illiterate as well as being a crackhead. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So, so bad. Then Yikes. the movie basically culminates with like everybody's really mad at each other. Octavia Spencer slaps the shit out of Andre Holland a bunch of times and is like, you get your shit together. Four times. You need to get it together for this trial. <laughs> Everybody gets on the stand. Duvon, again, I don't know why he's on the stand, but he's looking at Kevin <laughs> Cosner like, should I lie for you? And Kevin Cosner's like, no, don't lie for me. Because uh, they're like, is Kevin Cosner an alcoholic? And he's like, yeah, he drinks a lot. Duvon also is now his chauffeur, which is a whole no, other thing. started as his chauffeur because he's such a drunk. He's such a drunk, and that that was part of the thing. Was like Anthony Mack, who was like, "Why do you have to drive him around?" It's because well, because he's drunk all the time. Then there's a there's a big speech that Kevin Costner gets to make at the end of the movie when he inexplicably takes the stand in this case, and he boils it down to, "It's not about your first thought; it's about your second or third or fourth thought." So like when I called him a street nigger, I was only repeating what he had sent to my daughter in text messages so but you still said nigger with the heart yeah and he said it again in the courtroom (laughs) (laughs) he said it multiple times in the courtroom he called him so and then you still said it so he's like that's it doesn't matter that i said that because that's not my second third or fourth thought also i'm not sorry also maybe he raped my daughter Well, he did explain it as, I guess, statutory um, rape. Yeah, yeah, it was statutory rape because he was older, she was younger, I mean, she was 17, like seventeen. Depends on what state they were in. Not saying it was right, but yeah, could have been legal. Yeah. She was seventeen, he was twenty-three. His daughter died again. We don't learn this until like almost the end of the movie. His daughter died because of a heart defect when she was giving birth. They didn't know that she was pregnant. I don't know how you don't know that, and she <laughs> died. During Sometimes birth. that happens. Like you can easily hide your pregnancy. It depends on like body type and everything. What it seems like, we'll get to this in a little bit. It seems like she knew that her parents were mad racist and she didn't want to bring home a black guy. But anyways, what it culminates in is that dumbass speech. Also, he reveals that Reggie has attacked him multiple times uh, and has tried to like stab him multiple times. So then, of course, the movie ends with Reggie coming over to his house, trying to murder him. He's drunk. <laughs> Reggie, I guess, is on drugs. They fight. He pushes him into the pool. He hits his head and then falls into the pool. Reggie goes upstairs to, I guess, kidnap Eloise, but then sees a picture of him and Kevin Costner together. And then he's like, oh, I'm a terrible person. So he rescues Kevin Costner from the pool. They go to court the no. next day. <laughs> well, the judge is like, okay, so what do y'all want to do? Because I've made a ruling, but if anybody wants to say anything. So then Reggie's like, well, I don't think I should be a father because everything that Kevin Coster said about me was right. I am a street nigger and a crackhead <laughs> and all of these other things, and I'm unfit to be a father. And then Kevin Coster stands up, and he's like, because she's like, oh, the judge is like, oh, did you want to say something about an incident that happened last night? And he's like, 
no, nothing happened last night. And then Rowena stands up and she's like, actually, I think this alcoholic racist should have sole custody of this black child. <laughs> and then the judge is like, well, yeah. I guess that's it. <laughs> I guess <laughs> Kevin Costner wins. And so the movie ends with Kevin Costner giving the child away to Rowena because he's yeah. going into rehab. Yeah. And then it ends with a terrible Jason Mraz song oh, about hell having yeah. the best of both worlds. Oh, yeah. Really? I checked out Nick, at that point. Yeah, I turned it yeah, off. Didn't no, even give it the whole credit sequence. <laughs> and this should be the this should have been the last song of the of the movie. She's biracial. She's biracial. Biracial girl. <laughs> I show people that video to see like their reaction. I just it's it's amazing. No, but that's but the terrible that's fucking it. movie. <laughs> yeah, wow. and you, you did it. It's worse than I described. And you also, uh, <laughs> yeah, you also managed to make it longer than five minutes. It's so easy. This movie is so like mm. face value. It's so sad. But here's the here's the thing. Here's the thing I do want to say, and this is gonna, this is, um, this is my argument writ large for the rest of the podcast, okay. which is, this movie thinks it's slick. This movie thinks it's fucking slick. You know how people are like, hey, I fucking see you. I think you you think you slick. You think you're trying to get over on me. This movie is actively trying to get over on people. Be- here, and here's the worst part about it. Is that everyone's a stereotype in this movie. Yep. Andre Holland's a crackhead. Uh, I don't know, obviously a person who would have sex, have a daughter, and then walk the fuck away or whatever. He's a terrible person. Yeah. Uh, Rowena's got six jobs, but she... Is the person who you know uh, takes care of the entire family? Anthony Mackie got a, he got a, a good grandma. job. Yeah, she's also a grandma of what I assume is like mid forties. Yeah, she she can't yeah. be older than fifty. No, they really gave her the girl boss narrative. Like, I mean, but it's also like it's like girl <laughs> boss, but also like strong black woman in heavy quotes. You know, like. Yeah. I'm yeah. gonna, I take care of everybody. I take care of mine, like you know? Like, the two combined in a Right, trope. and that's that's what that is. <laughs> Everyone is a fucking stereotype, except for Kevin Costner. And he pretty much is a stereotype himself. Just yeah. rich white person who does... You don't know what his job is. I don't think... I guess he's a lawyer. I guess he's or also a lawyer, because he's... Yeah, yeah, he's a lawyer. But you don't... They don't explicitly I, I say that, that or... You know, the only reason you know that is probably because he's hanging out with Bill Burr. He's hanging out at these... Uh, at law offices for... and, like, in palatial buildings. Yeah. But for a lawyer, he really doesn't understand He doesn't law. understand the like... law. <laughs> he doesn't this, understand he doesn't anything. Get it. This movie doesn't it's understand like, what, anything, well, What though. are you doing at work? It's all some fuck shit. This movie thinks it's slick, and... <laughs> I saw straight I through this. I saw straight through this shit within a good ten minutes. I I saw what well, it was, was going to try to do. Say that's why these types of movies are so insidious. Like, I know we're not to the rating part yet, but like this is like a hate crime. This movie, yeah, it's basically presenting <laughs> yeah. itself as like, look at us. We're so woke. Like, right? You know, we know there's racism. There's racist people, but in the end maybe that racism is right like that's what this yeah. look this look, look. this movie this movie tries to do the nuance thing this try, it tries to be like oh well it's a fucked up situation how they had the kid you know uh but you know she's living well and 
he's a decent guy, but he's just a drunk. Or, like, Andre Holland is a decent guy, but he still loves crack. Or, like, you know, all, all these things are, like, slightly yeah. nuanced to make you think that these characters are real people when they're so obviously drawn stereotypes to make this plot work. Now, remind me, did there was no point where... Did this movie say based on true events or inspired by true events? Or did I... It, that's what i was wondering because it is ba- it, that's what it said it said based on true events you, and i was like uh so who? do you want to know why <laughs> do you want to know now or do you I, want I, me I, to do you want to mm. wait until until later anybody know the truth i think i, do I think yeah let's let's unload these true events <sighs> oh, are, i don't okay. know i have some like notes on the movie though yeah, let's talk about the movie and then i'll i'll okay, put all yeah. that on I you at like once you have to say that okay so, okay like I just want to go around and everybody can kind of give general thoughts and then I have some detailed thoughts because I had to write things down because this movie (laughs) I'm sorry I made you have to write things down (laughs) nah I mean because because I was like I want to say it in a succinct way and right because I know I could ramble on forever but okay uh, throw it to our guests Carmen or Cameron or Carmen or Kemet Yeah, hey, hey. Uh-oh, now Kemet's getting, like, her name mixed Everybody. up, too. Damn. Scratch-a-task. Boom, boom, boom. Carmen or Kemet, would either of you <laughs> like to just... Well, Carmen has notes. Yeah. Oh, I mean, and I'm I would looking like to at them, and it's not like I can really... I guess I'm trying... Okay, so, in the beginning... Okay, why does he care about this kid? Because in the beginning, I'm like, have you ever spent a day with this child? He's acting like when he's like doing the hair like i have to do this every day or like yeah you have to go to school uh, now like the you live hair. in the same house yeah. of the this hair was yeah pissing me the fuck yeah off. yeah can we talk about the violence of him oh, wait, doing on. that scene camera oh hold on camera camera yes oh my god this needs this scene alone needs at least some time at least five minutes because it was very the fact that I had to watch that is violence. Yes. And the fact that they put that little girl through that is also violence. Yes. Yeah. So growing up, I was what they call tenderheaded. <laughs> Me too, yeah. And my mom, despite how, you know, gentle she tried to be, the shit still fucking hurt. <laughs> and and I guess as a stylist now, like I understand, like, yeah. You gotta go bottom and up, which which she said. Which she does. She <laughs> makes a point like, to say yeah. that. You're right. Yeah. She fucking does that. She was like, you have to start from the bottom up, which in his mind is like, no, fuck this. It's I'm calculus. It's it. calculus. <laughs> but really, you gotta go from the bottom of each strand up with the brush. Also, where the fuck is the conditioner? Where's the That's product? That's what I was gonna say. Where is the slip? No. Just, just, I was very confused because they they brush the hair, but it looks the same. I'm like, I have curly hair. That's not what it looks like after a brush. Like it doesn't look the same after you brush it. No, he didn't brush that hair. It's just violent yanks. Just (laughs) yeah, just harsh yanks at her head. He he just gave the 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 maid was doing it at a certain point. I forgot her name, but she was. Was the maid I doing have it? To bet. Was that the maid? I forgot about this maid. I or, liked her. Or Duvon oh, is doing maid. it at a certain point. Because, Duvon, like, yeah. You know, that's just another thing he wrote a paper on. Um, oh, my so God. Yeah. They, 
This movie uh, thinks it's a comedy. It's very it's so racist. racist. Oh god. Oh, but Jesus. yeah, like I at a certain point because I was just like they never revisit that. So I was just like, <laughs> who is doing her hair for the rest of this movie? Because she's got because it gets done. It gets. I done, mean, it looks fine. And she's got at least nothing's matted because yeah. I feel like if everyone just neglected her hair. There would be, there would just be like matting. There yeah. would be some type of dreads going <laughs> on. She would have like fuzz just randomly in certain spots. It looked like her hair was actually. Never once out. does he put grease in it. <laughs> Never once nope. does he like blow it out. Never nope. once does he like no. help her wash it or do Who's they go shampooing to... this girl's hair? I don't hair. know. Bro, literally the scene is like she's sitting in the room. He hand, she hands him the brush and is like, "You gotta brush this." And he just yanks at these. Just almost takes her scalp out. I that feel like she argument. probably learned to do it after that day. She's like, "Okay, I am." Yeah, do this. you can't. Never you can't mind. get near me. Oh yeah, like, <laughs> that's a sheer yeah. argument for her to go to Grandma Wee Wee in general. Just yeah, somebody somebody. But she doesn't want to go to Grandma Wee Wee's house. She wants no, to live with no. with Pop Pop. <laughs> you know? uh carbon did you have more notes <laughs> okay my notes are just very random okay there was a lily costner song is that an yeah, artist that's his daughter i mean i guessed but is she a Boo. singing a musical artist so. i think she is Boo. the daughter of kevin costner and that's about all you need <laughs> It's all you need. <laughs> I mean, I guess he did pay for the entire movie. So yeah, he's like, she's sense. gonna, she's gonna sing it this week. <laughs> you know, if she sang, if she, imagine if she sung "Amazing Grace." Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Fuck off. I actually, I didn't even pay attention to it because I was like, they got this white lady singing at a black church. I'm not even gonna look at this. Yep. I, that was Kevin Costner's it daughter. It sure was. Yep. <laughs> My whole, I was like, who is that? <laughs> <laughs> is that is that Britta? Yeah, is that they fudge? should have let Fudge say? <laughs> let Fudge get okay. On the mic. I guess like my only my other okay. At the end of the movie, why yeah. couldn't they just have shared custody? At the end of the movie, so, why, why did, did the Kevin judge, Costner need did, to have sole custody? We did discuss this. We did discuss this. That's why, what I was. Why wondering. at the end of the movie did the judge not say none of y'all is fit? I'm going to send this child somewhere else <laughs> or. Duvon, we all Duvon gets custody. Ending. Give Duvon custody and oh. just move on because okay. Duvon was kind of doing a better job than yeah. anyone could at that point. I will say this is one of my like at least she was learning a piano. <laughs> this is one of my <laughs> talking points. Um the the end of the movie, right? Basically what it tells us is that a drunk racist white man with anger issues is better equipped to care for this child than any of the black people in this movie. Mm-hmm. Because he, again, doesn't even deny calling him a street nigger, repeats it multiple times on the stand, is drunk. He's drunk in court. Yeah, I didn't like he that. He's drunk while on the stand, right? And so yeah. the fact that that judge looked at him, the black woman <laughs> looked at yeah, him. The, the black female judge. And said oh yeah this is the best person equipped to take care of this child right again because at the beginning she does there's a throw line but she does say that now that we're in family court there is a third option which is that none of you get custody right so i thought that's where this movie was going but then she, they're like no yeah now that we think about it i guess this like raging alcoholic is probably the best 
person equipped to take care of this child. And I just don't understand why, again, he is racist. He is very clearly racist. Yeah. He does not deny like, racism. It's not even just the fact that he said nigger. It's just Everything. like he said, he said that she wasn't black. And I mean. That part. Yep. I'm, that was like so uncalled Wait, come it, come it, like, say, say that oh again God, i forgot about that yeah. come oh it, God. Say, he just he just literally just said out loud like she's not black <laughs> like <laughs> um no <laughs> that yeah she is black what are you <laughs> talking about See, let's talk okay, about this for i, a I have something else i need to talk about like oh he's half black. the character the daughter <laughs> eloise like that character is fucked up I There's feel so a lot bad of for that young there. actress. Like, what is that? Like, she's all like, I don't want to go live with those people. I want to stay with you. Like, Bruh. what? Like, why do yeah, they make her? They, like, that. almost make her racist. But it's, like, weird because then when she's around them, she's like, this is awesome. And I'm like, yeah, wouldn't you rather be in a home with other people your age who aren't yeah. drunk racists? Then, like with Kevin, got like what is Look, so great she about want to be like she seemed to be having fun with all her like younger family. Yeah, members she was. She's stuff, part of like... the South Central Jazz Ensemble. She gets to play. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that scene. What was Fuck that? that scene. That was a Fuck lot. That scene, by the way, that scene was. Crazy. I was watching that. Play... And I was like, this is aggressive. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> that scene was crazy because for one, there's like this like sweet little session where she's playing piano where everybody's playing like different instruments and just enjoying each yeah. other and then the dad's across the street just smoking, just smoking this, that pipe. this movie <laughs> like, this movie what? is this movie is proof that uh that kevin costner has officially bought a djembe in his life technically he bought <laughs> he bought a djembe drum yeah and he had no fucking clue what to do with it I mean, that I'm scene is egregious. I'm surprised everybody wasn't wearing kente and like oh, they were a step away though. They were a step you know away. I mean? oh, no. Passing around some bean pie. Yup, yup. Incense lit. Got some nag champa. Yeah. Well, because Octavia Spencer's in the corner, like full on fucking Stevie Wonder with her eyes closed, oh, just like swaying Lord. back and forth. Yep. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Okay, she's just vibing. Related to that scene, then, when Andre Holland kidnaps her, but then is just across the street smoking. Why did he kidnap her? Because he wanted her to be around. He wanted her people. Yeah, these people aren't thinking like normal humans. <laughs> no, <laughs> he wanted he her. Kidnapped her to not to even bring spend her across the her. street. Well, he wanted her, but then he wanted that rock. You know what I mean? He That's like his 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 priority shifted. That's true. A- as an actor, I'm sure his uh, motivation or his objective in that scene was: I know I love my daughter, but I also love that crack. Yeah. Which again, questions about Hi- hierarchy oh, of needs. It's hierarchy of needs. Oh, right. And the, but the crack is up top. The, my daughter Rowena, is secondary. Rowena. Rowena knows that her son is addicted to drugs, yet lives directly across from a crack house and brings him over constantly. I, I don't understand what I is mean, happening. I don't there. know who moved into that home first, Jordan. I don't, don't I don't I don't know that, but it's just someone like, who loved crack. 
But if you know that your son is struggling this is with a big addiction, house for crack. Why actually, it's not over? because it's not a big house for crack. Because Kemet, remember, really? we lived across the street from a crack house. <laughs> I have to think. Wait a remember, second. I have to think about how big remember, that house it was, was. Two stories. Definitely had a basement, and when they mm. rebuilt it, it had a pool out back. Oh, that's a that's a fancy crack house. We, Wait a in minute, Baltimore? that was a crack house? Yes, it, not even in Baltimore. This is Anne Arundel County, bro. This is across <laughs> the line. Wait a second. So, you mean that new updated Yeah, house? so the house that was there before was a crack house, and it got raided once when we were being babysitted. <laughs> this is a true story. You can ask our, you can ask our older sister because she saw this. Yeah. Oh. See, this what? is this is why we <laughs> had family. The, this is why we had family on this episode. Did this happen before the renovation? <laughs> yes. Or did this happen before the like before before after? the renovation? Oh, okay. She's like, oh, that, that house, because that house, <laughs> that crack house, that house did look like it could have been a crack oh. house. But yeah, it was pretty big for. A crack it got house. raided, and but, the people scurried like roaches with the lights cut on hmm. when that police helicopter. <laughs> Came over and was like, "Excuse me, y'all. I heard y'all was cooking illegal drugs." Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't that house green? Like it was a weird color. It was a weird color. It was oh. dingy. Yeah. It was but like- anyway, uh, enough <laughs> memories. Green is a weird yeah. color. <laughs> enough memories. Uh, I was just saying that it was a big enough house to fully be a crack house because I've <laughs> seen it in person. You've seen it. Oh in my real god. Life. Yeah, that's some first-hand research. Yeah. <laughs> this is intrinsic. To the film, uh, mm-hmm. Kemet, uh, did you have any any thoughts? Just general thoughts. Um, I have a lot of thoughts. Just let's hit <laughs> one. Um, one. Let's see, because we've talked about a lot of the things I wanted to mm-hmm. say. Um, ah, what was one scene that really stuck out to me? I think it was the the part where. It was just Duvall. Like, Duvall had this running joke where he just constantly had a paper for something, and it was strange. I I get he's smart. Like, I get smart African as a trope. (laughs) (laughs) But why is the running joke, oh, I have a thesis paper on something that relates to this scene? At any given time. (laughs) I think it happens, like, five times. Look, first of all... like. First of all, I, again, have many questions. I think Duvon is in this movie to bleak Kevin Cosner's black friend, right? He is. He is magical Negro. You need 100%. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He is definitely a magical Negro. I was going to go into that later. Yeah. He's very magical Negro and, like, also an apologist for Kevin Cosner. Like, there's a lot of him. Literally a scene where he's like, should I apologize on your behalf? Right. But then I don't even like the fact that he was trying to cover for the fact that he's that he's just like a whole drunk. Yeah, yeah. And that's why he had to drive for him. Right. Like, I didn't want to tell him that he's drunk. Like, you're you're on stand. You're in court. Yeah. You're smart. You should know that you have to tell people that he's drunk. Don't look at him. Don't look directly <laughs> like, hey, at him. Should for I five say minutes. that you're a drunk and that's why I drive you around? Like don't look at him for reassurance. I, I will like, say the courtroom scenes of this movie just happen to forget that jury is a part of the court process because they're doing wild shit in this trial. Just this 
is that how family court works is there a jury i mean i don't think there well in the movie they act like there's not i think it's more like civil claims right where it's just like this might as well there's no i was gonna say this might as well have just been people's court for real yeah for real (laughs) the way it carried on it definitely felt like the people's court (laughs) or you know a low rent episode of maury because yeah Octavia Spencer is screaming, trying to get over the over the bar. Like at one point, yeah, it got ghetto. Yeah, at one point, Gillian sorry. Jacobs just really starts ghetto. clapping. <laughs> they got and gets yeah. kicked out and gets of the kicked court. out of court. Oh god! And the movie, she was. I guess that that's really. <laughs> she was not supposed to be in that movie, and that was. I didn't even see a lot of her in that movie after she started. Clapping. That was it. That's that was so a wrap weird. for her. Yes, yeah, so that's yeah. the end. Yeah. Bill Burr dumps her after that. He's like, yeah. no. Bill Burr was like, go yeah. home. Well, also, because I mean, speaking about Duvon and speaking about Bill Burr, he keeps calling him Haji. Yeah, multiple times. Real bad, not good. So, so he has not seen Johnny Haji, Quest, though. right? Or... He, his, his only that's Haji's so Indian, crazy. That's right? so crazy because first of all, Duvon is obviously the first brown person Bill Burr Bill Burr has ever seen in his life, besides Haji from Johnny yeah. Quest. Second of all, your only point of reference to black or brown people is a cartoon from the 60s. Like, are you yeah. fucking serious? You you got to go outside. You've been to a Starbucks, my nigga. Like, I know right. you've seen us. We out but, here. We're, tw- we're 13% of the population. We're not well, going nowhere. Like, you see us. There is this the is- one black woman that works at the law firm that I, for a second, I should have known better and mistook as a lawyer, but she's really just the receptionist. Uh-uh, she, she, is that re- she is the clerk. <laughs> yeah. She is the receptionist. You know she ain't got no agency at that no, place. No. Yeah. But it's wild because Bill Burr keeps saying it as if it's a joke, as if it's we're a supposed joke. to laugh with him. Because I, I, in my notes, I'm like, are we supposed to laugh with or at Bill Burr? Because I don't well, really know. You hire Bill Burr to make jokes like that so you can like feel better about it because you know his comic persona is like an asshole but we're supposed to think he's wrong did not come off as comic relief in this movie he was also racist (laughs) yeah he was doubling down (laughs) like like was he supposed to be funny i feel like brita was this movie thinks i mean this movie thinks certain things are supposed (laughs) to be funny and Mm. none of them come off Uh, you don't laugh at any of the moments that are funny the paper the term papers the calling her fudge uh yeah. calling him haji all that yeah. little weird like it's supposed to be a joke all like, of it falls yeah. flat on his face the comedy in this movie is hard to listen a to. a lot of the comedy is also kevin costner is drunk right and yeah. so he makes like wild comments because yeah. he's drunk yeah i was also on not really understanding like how that contradicts the idea that the father is a crackhead because like uh, yeah kevin cosner's drunk all the time to the point that he has to get people to drive him mm-hmm. places and it's like so okay you're better fit but you're drunk and then um kemet he's white I mean, sorry yeah. that's, that's like the only that was like the only crack as far as the movie goes life. that's like really all they give you and that's like what's crazy about it because it's like yeah. Yeah. what is the difference there's there's not any other difference or any other option you're giving me other than this is I mean, a white you, guy who's educated but right. he's still crack an alcoholic but yeah. the thing about Kemet, you're 100 percent right is that they try to build this false equivalency that because 
one person is on crack and the other person is alcoholic. They even say, which it there's a lot of wild stuff behind the scenes, but they even say <laughs> at a certain point, Bill Burr sits him down and he's like, you know what? I thought about it. You're not an alcoholic. You're just angry. You're just an angry man. Oh yeah. Who uses alcohol to I didn't like that. Whatever. I like, like that. So no, what? that guy's an alcoholic. Is I wanted a to... Simpsons? Is he a rageaholic? <laughs> is he drunk on rageahol? Like what the I, fuck is happening? I... <laughs> Can I also bring up that he instead of like bringing a bottle in a bag or a flask or whatever, whenever he's in the car, he has a glass filled with right. ice. Yeah. And that bothered he me. Had, um, <laughs> he had like, an actual uh, tumbler of whiskey yeah. on him at right. any given time. So it's it feels like it's a cartoon because that shit happens. Yeah. Like they're literally in the car, like dropping homegirl off at school. And he's just like, oh, yeah, sloshing around his whiskey and his glass. And I'm like, yeah. did you bring that it's from the, home? It's the glass yeah. for me. It's the glass in the car for me. <laughs> like most people bring a bottle of like a water bottle or just no. like some sort a, of the crystal glass that you should have left at the house no though. he's not trying to hide it he's he <laughs> wants everybody <laughs> to know well because it's yeah but that's the thing so they try they do this whole thing throughout the movie where they try to compare him to reggie and it's right. like well it's not that bad because he's a functioning alcoholic which again is not a thing if you are an alcoholic you are he's not are functioning if he has to get Duvall to drive him around yeah, that's literally called not functioning <laughs> and Duvall basically <laughs> is her parent like Duvall is doing all of the parenting in this scenario he just tutoring piano driving yeah. places. pats her on the head they have a weird conversation where a, another racist moment Duvall is oh, telling her yeah. a story about him running with Gazelle which I'm just like, please stop. Fuck off. Fuck off. <laughs> stop yeah. doing this. Fuck off. I don't like that either. Um, <laughs> fuck but off. But he's just like, he's the, so he's the only stable person in her life is Duval because Mike Bender thinks that African people run with gazelle in <laughs> Africa. My and nigga would go from... to Africa and was like, where, where's the people with the bones through their noses? Why aren't we running with the gazelle? Like, where exactly was his like family did he was he in a specific you know, tribe like what was going on he, when he walked into that, that house it was like he had never seen a black person house. before he'd never seen one black person because he was looking at all of the it black people weird. in the arena's house as if he was supposed to be the surrogate or he was supposed to make white people feel okay for feeling uncomfortable in that situation because this black person is also uncomfortable because look at these other negroes they're scary and duvall was supposed to be like yeah, yo, his his face was like fucked up off of like seeing them even, but they did that thing which is like I don't know, I mean I don't know how many movies you've seen, but like you know that thing it, it's in Jungle Fever, I know that for a fact, uh, mm-hmm. but it's in like most movies that have like a scene where somebody has to go to a drug pen, and they they do the thing where they shoot it all in one take. Yeah. Or like a steady cam shot behind a person and they're walking around like looking into the corners of the drug house and they're like, oh my God, that person's shooting cocaine. Or, oh my God, that person's snorting cocaine or, you know, smoking marijuana. Like they look around and like, oh my God, in that door, it's terrible. Oh, in that door, it's also terrible. Like they did that yeah. thing, but instead it was black people living their fucking lives. <laughs> yeah, and it was grandpa was just watching college football. and like, My dude people... was watching college football. Niggas was eating out the fridge like it was it was a Tuesday. Yeah. And they treated was... it. I like how Kevin Cosner like introduced him as his as his bodyguard. It was supposed to be a joke. And it was like, <laughs> I wish you even had like 
some oh, sort of use body it wasn't even nuanced though because it was he, supposed to be a joke it's and supposed like, to be a not wink. even in the movie did anyone think it was funny so i, I literally <laughs> laughed about it later i laughed about it after the fact i was like yeah oh, oh bodyguard. Snap, this is bodyguard uh-huh. what Oh damn! Oh, I'm just getting it now. Yeah. Okay. And then the cousin hitting. Oh, you're getting. Oh, you're catch- oh. See, you're catching it now. <laughs> the worst yeah. part is. Nice arm. The worst part is you watched that movie over two safe. days like, and what? you're just understanding <laughs> the joke. Yeah. Well, it was a dumb joke. It, it was a bad joke. Uh, along with every other joke in this movie. Joke. Yeah. Yeah. F F minus to the comedy in this movie. Mm. Attempted comedy. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I want to touch on three things real quick because I do want to get to this research because there is a lot of it and I want to I want to I, I feel like that might be more in interesting yeah on on this but there's three things that I did want to touch on uh, just, sure these are the things that really upset me about this movie going back to what Kemet said there was a scene where Elliot Kevin Coser he's talking to Bill Burr he does this a lot in this movie and again I don't know how I'm supposed to be interpreting this. But Bill Burr is like, oh, like, Rowena wants her because she wants her to be around black people. And then Kevin Coser tells him to stop saying that because she's not black, right? And that's when I wanted to punch the TV. <laughs> because that was, like, one of the... And it was and it was done in a way that, again, I don't really understand how I'm supposed to be looking at that. Like, is that I'm a joke? To, or, or is that bad? Like, am I supposed to be, like oh yeah like he's he's so wrong about that or am i supposed to and then white people are looking at that are they like huh yeah i kind of get what he's saying like why does she have to be black like why she's biracial she should be you know what i mean so this is i'm gonna i'm gonna tepidly dive into this but this is the thing when you're parenting a black child specifically right they are they are black and it doesn't matter what you think because that's how the world is going to see them, right? Right. That's how their teachers are going to see them. That's how the doctors, especially if they're black women, are going to see them. That's how banks are going to see them. Potential employers are going to see them, right? Like, they are a black person in the world, whether or not that's something that you want to accept or think about or even, right. like, it doesn't, you know, going all the way back to the part where you said if you had 1% of black blood, you were a black person, you're a black person, right? Like that's something that's out of your control. It's also just a, the core part of double consciousness, right? When you're thinking about like having to be aware of who you are, right? As an individual, but then also the dominant culture and the dominant white world, right? So if you're raising this child to not see themselves as black, you're doing a horrible disservice to them and probably setting them up for a bad time, right? Violence. There's only so much of your white privilege that's going to rub off on them and it's really not a lot right especially if you're not around so the second that that child and it's a whole thing right this is like you know what all parents have to go through the second that your child leaves you and goes out into the world right that's like the scariest moment so imagine if your child goes out into the world totally unprepared (laughs) for how the world is going to see them that is awful so if that was how he was going to raise this child to not be black, but I don't know what to be white or, you know, he's going to show her, uh, like, he can't necessarily raise her to be white because for one, like features stand out more than like personality or how you talk or how you carry yourself or whatever. That girl has 
black people hair, yeah. black people features. <laughs> She's can black. I, can I like... tell you about Candace Owens though? <laughs> can, I, can I tell you about Sage Steele? <laughs> Can I tell you She's about clear. these people? She's just clear. What, uh, what's that? What's the lady who's running for Congress in uh, for Maryland for Baltimore? Yeah. Kim? Yeah, yeah, Kim Klasik. Oh, Kim! Fucking what is Klasik. her name? Yeah. Klasik. Yeah. Oh, she's Ugh. she's queen bee of these bitches. <laughs> like yeah. she fizzled into obscurity. Thank God. Though. Thank God. You, you don't hear about her. Her, anymore. her diamond and silk are somewhere. Uh, just <laughs> oh. <laughs> trying to get it together. Diamond and Silk got on my fucking nerves. But that's what's oh, no, so- But they got to go to the White House, though. I mean, is that a is that a prize? Ever again, though? <laughs> like, just a sidebar, sidebar, sidebar of the. Yeah. I just want to name some some black people who went to the White House those four years: Jim Brown, yeah, Kanye yeah. West, yeah, Diamond and Silk. Did Lil Candace Wayne go to the White Owens. House? Lil Wayne went to the White House. Yes, Lil Wayne yeah. did. Oh my fucking god. Ice- Ice, Ice Cube, Cube? Ice Cube to went go. to the White Did House. Did he actually go? No, he went. He okay. went. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just, just, so. You know, they Remember Chrisette Michelle? Yeah. Chrisette Michelle. That, oh, that was and a mistake. Poor, poor, poor Chrisette Michelle. I don't, I, I feel like she got a press release or she got the breakdown for the job and it didn't say everything on it. Or like it had some of the she stuff knew blacked it was out. Up, though. She, she had it. She had it. She had it. She was like, "I'm was gonna going bridge." On. She the knew gap. what was going on. Don't but, do it. Yeah. <laughs> but to your point, to your point, Jordan. Uh, I I think what the problem with the movie is is that this movie's philosophy is that it doesn't see color. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's called black or white, sure. But this movie would rather have you walk away from it being like there is no color and there's just people yeah. there's just love and i'm like this movie can fuck off with that philosophy <laughs> it can fuck off with that philosophy specifically because it never really gives us white culture or black culture right right it kind of leaves it in the margins where you know what white culture is and let's be specific though with this movie though cuz white culture in this movie is being a lawyer, being wealth, rich, yeah. big house, wealth. Basically. Yeah, I can, I can hire people off the street to just be my driver for a while, right? Yeah. Black I got culture. I got a I got a maid. Black yeah. and and I can send you to private school. Mm-hmm. Black culture in this movie is I'm doing drugs. The best the the uh, or I'm in a crack house or I I have sex with women and don't worry about what the consequences are. Or if I'm, or just I have a bunch of kids yeah. in my house. Or if I'm an upstanding and I have woman, six jobs, right? Like which, but they keep bringing that up as like if it's like a bad thing, and I'm like, right. why are you yeah. hating on this woman for owning There's, or running companies? Yeah, she seems like she's got it made. But there's like six, what are you, five houses yeah. and but, six. But but she's running that business out of her garage. And that's there's something I mean, to, there's something to say the about that. The there's something to say about that when she's running those. She's got all the kids, but in she the ain't house. got no she ain't got no space to get an office. <laughs> she can't get an office to run a couple computers out of. Like that's the well, point. The vis- It's about the visuals. It's think about. It's not even out of all five of those houses, she'd have the office and one. But of those you see houses. what the movie is doing. It just says <laughs> that she's got five houses. It's not yeah. even a matter of like where they are or who's in them. She's just got five, so she's got things. And even even Anthony Mackie, who's supposed to be the upstanding Negro, right? Is the, the shyster, race baiting lawyer. Who his first like, instinct is all. to be a race baiter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 
So like that's he's the reverse racist. Like that's his role in the movie, and that's right. Like, and that's what this movie thinks is nuance is being right. like, oh yeah, he could have built that case off of anything. That he's other a fucking alcoholic. That. Like that's all you Fam. need to right. know. I mean, he is a lush. You see him, and he's barely I keeping it together. I do have to say that, like, in the, I wish you had the clip of like the court case when Anthony Mackie has to be like. Did you call him a street nigga? That was so funny. Just like the seriousness of like just trying to imagine if that happened in a courtroom, I would just be like, "What?" I would, well, yeah, I I would honestly be in the courtroom in the in the audience, just being like, "Hey, everybody, what the fuck?" The funniest part of that whole scene is he says that, and they cut to the the judge, yep. and she's looking at Kevin Cosner like. Did you? Motherfucker, what? Did you call him a... Hold on. But then at the end of the movie, she's like, I guess you're a, a fit parent. Right. I, you, you must be a good guy. <laughs> props, props to the movie for that one moment where she was an actual black woman. She was like, God, the She fuck? was like, what the fuck did you say? And then, no, wait, the end, but then at the end of the movie, it's all good. Yeah, no, she was like... White people are crazy. Y'all hear me? Um... But let's get into that courtroom scene, right? Because what another just unbelievable turn wild. of events. Just in this wild. Scene. So again, this is this is the whole movie. We see every time that you think Kevin Costner is like, man, this guy maybe shouldn't be the dad, right? They're like, <laughs> oh, but did you know that Reggie raped this woman <laughs> and is also like a violent criminal and like all of this other stuff yeah how does that just come up at the end and like it's the just last like 30 minutes of the movie yeah. but it's also oh, like way, right it's he's gonna murder you was, uh, it's what? one thing because <laughs> in the court trial they're holding that information right they're holding on to that information at the end of the trial but also this movie is holding on to that information yeah until like what that's 20 minutes out from the ending so like yeah you spent this whole movie the only thing you even know about uh, Andre Holland's character about Reggie is that he does smoke crack. He's done it in front of your face. He smoked it on the steps of that house across the street. And, and he's illiterate. He's, and he's and he's illiterate because he can't spell. Which is just <laughs> goddamn. That was the hardest thing to watch. Because I you I've seen Anthony. No, not Anthony. But I've seen Andre Holland in so many other movies. I can't see him as a nigga who can't spell. That's ridiculous. Yeah. To me. So How weird. dare you? Like even if he smokes crack, I know he knows like. That the was first hard to watch. The Declaration of Independence. I know that guy but knows some things. Even like what? Like you're telling me this man hasn't been in his daughter's life at all, and he that's can't the, spell. That's the point. Yeah, Eloise, and that's grounds for him not again, not him being a drug addict, but the fact that he can't An spell. Unfit father. Eloise is like that's what's gonna damn him again. Other guys is said called him a street nigger and is a drunk and is an active fact, drunk. <laughs> the fact that he can't spell her name which again it could have been l-o-e-z-e i mean like i don't know who <laughs> named her like you know what i mean like it's just it's it's wild anyways this courtroom scene right so you have Louise. him on the stand and he says the most ridiculous well he says the whitest shit right so this is what he says he's on the stand He's just he's justifying the fact that he called him a street nigger because Andre Holland, again, we don't ever see this, but he sent his daughter texts that your street niggers outside and like all this random <laughs> shit. So he's like, I was just How did he see that text? Because I guess he went through her phone after she Yeah, was dead. they don't address that shit. <laughs> yeah. They don't address yeah. they don't address how Andre Holland 
and this daughter woman ever got together right and right. so what you're left to infer is you know niggas like you know black you know how black people do like <laughs> oh, he's just a God. rapist I also like that's say, just i also want to ask the question did he did he call himself a street nigger right a street nigger? there's only right. you, because... now we're getting into that white teacher territory where he's like nigga <laughs> Nigger, <laughs> right? <laughs> trying to give you the difference. Yeah, you know, nigger, nigger this, nigger, nigger, please, nigger. You know, can you lend a nigger a pencil? He says it as a, as like, oh well, I read it in a text message, so obviously I could. He says it like it was well, it was on my mind because I read that text message. Not like because the way that he says it when he says oh, it to Lord. him oh wow is like i believe kevin costner said nigger before right <laughs> like that's the way that he said he, it, it, it felt you, so that's like what i i just when i got to that part in the movie i just sent jordan a text that just said wow in all caps i didn't have to say anything i just said wow i knew exactly wow. what you were talking about I was actually I was bored by the wow. movie at that point. I was bored by the movie and I was online shopping. I was shopping. falling asleep. I was and I online just, like, shopping. Gasped yes. Out I was, loud. I was online Look. shopping looking directly at my computer and then I heard it and I was like, run that back. I dare, I, I dare you say that to my face because I'll fuck you up. Look, I the last time I was in a fight was elementary school. <laughs> okay. If Kevin Cosner called me a street nigger to my face i would have choked him out in the street yeah. right and it right. would have been justified yeah those are again the hairs. fact that he let he went he walked away and then comes back to the party and then after that they go into the house and then he tells him to get his life to together get, as he goes into the room and takes another yeah, drink yes that. yes like, oh my god this movie is reckless yo like the worst part is like when he comes into the party and then like Octavia looks over like, "Oh, you did it." And like so the movie is basically saying all you had to do was call him a nigger and now everything's cool. Yeah, he would have <laughs> been like, it. "Oh, well." He was amongst his people. I don't know why he wouldn't just say, "Oh, by the way, he called me a nigger." They would have stomped him out in, in his own home. It would have been yeah, right. <laughs> he really should have. Where you live at? Where you live at. That would have been the end of him. Anyways, yep. so this is what he says, though. So he says all that shit. So he, he says that he called him a street nigger, does not apologize for it, justifies <laughs> well, it no, with some bullshit. He says it was very a bad thing to say. That's as he far as he goes. He does try to get like, he's like, it was a bad thing to say. I shouldn't have said it. But uh, what he says after wrong. that, though, is yeah. this is the whitest thing. It's not your first thought. It's the second and third, third and, fourth and the fourth thought, thought that comes after that. And let me tell you something right now. That first thought <laughs> is why Eric Garner is dead. It's why Mike Brown right. is dead. It's why right. Trayvon Martin is dead. It's why Emmett Till was murdered. It's why black people can't get loans, why they get thrown out of Starbucks, why they don't get medical care that's proper, why we got lynched. And, he basically <laughs> and we and so, we live... Well, you're right. You're right. We live in the world of that first thought. We don't get to have that second thought. We don't get to have like homeboy say that shit to me and then i get to just be like let me think on that for a second no well, because we go to work and somebody says some wild shit to us and then we have to have that first thought which is i'm gonna kill you i'm and gonna kill that second you thought i need this job i need this third thought <laughs> yeah. which is they're gonna call the cops and that fourth thought <laughs> right is my ass is in jail 
is this worth it? Right. So like, is it we, worth going we, to jail? We have to have first, second, third, fourth thoughts to to live to survive because we have to right. think through all of these situations. White people just have the first thought, and that's it. And so or, he's sitting or here, or they have say, the luxury. To, they have the luxury to have the first, second, third, fourth thought. They have the luxury to right. have these secondary thoughts because, like, we have to we have to do that. That has to be our first thought. Well, I mean, yeah. obviously, our first thought is I'm going to whoop your ass, like, in front of everyone. <laughs> but, like, we don't – we can't indulge that. We can't engage well, that. right. There's no accountability for their first thought. It's like, yeah, the privilege right. of, like, they get to do the thing and then be like, oh, sorry, I was just upset. Which would right. be like, interesting if this movie okay. actually interrogated that or investigated that, investigated his privilege because this is a man of extreme privilege. They but do then, not. And, yeah. then, and then you're faced up against – it's either him or these black people who are just wild stereotypes. I know. Okay, last thing real quick. So this is the thing about Eloise, right? No, we should they talk about keep telling this, us right. about how she's got to... Ch- it's almost like she has to choose. Like, she has to make this choice, which she doesn't get to make because, again, she's a prop in this movie. This black child who I'm just like... I. That's what made me so angry about this movie is every scene with her, she is used to justify his alcoholism, justify his racism. All the black people in this movie are basically there to justify Kevin Cosner's racism and alcoholism. Like even at right. the end of the I movie, I thought she didn't like, like when he was drunk. Cause there have been times in the movie where she's like, I don't like when you're like this. Or... That was the, yeah. it was the one time where she tried to like, where he tried to like she, yeah. briefly. Yeah. But so Octavia Spencer at one point insinuates that she needs to be with the black part of her family to make her soul complete or some shit like that. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> this is the thing that I was like, because we see all this stuff between her and Kevin Costner, but we never see anything between her and her black side of the family. They go swimming at one point. They make a small jazz ensemble at another point. That's it. Right. And I was like, why couldn't we get a scene of her? And her great grandfather looking through a photo album, talking about their family and like right, yeah. things that happened in their past. Why can't we get a scene about with her cousins doing her hair, braiding her hair on the porch? Why can't we get a scene? Yeah, with her there's and her no connection like food that in, the in there. That's supposed to be family her, oriented. None of that. We just, we just, again, we, it is insinuated that, well, maybe she should learn some black shit, I guess. But you know what black shit is, right? Like, okay, so then we'll it's, skip that. It's forty people in the same house. That's what that's right. black shit. Is forty people in the same house? Yeah, no. And again, that is just redoing. I don't think that's a thing. It's just the farthest from the truth. It's just so. Yeah. It's so incorrect and so unresearched. Like it is I. I know black people like to get together. That's real. That's real. Not sure. all we the love time, to have parties. Not all the damn time, like, and I don't well, even know of any black people who like got an open house like that where people just walk through and like, oh, so what day is it? Right, <laughs> if this is the weekend, okay, if this is Thursday, yeah. or like, niggas got jobs. <laughs> apparently not. Apparently nobody yeah, has a job. There's they, like and no one in that house has a job because like that I'm like you're gotta be just standing around twenty. You got a job. You got college. What do you have at this point? What are you yeah. doing I in know- the kitchen? Let me get to this this <sighs> research that I've been yeah. threatening y'all with. Um, so, Mike Binder, again, 
one time director of Blank Man. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> amongst by the way. other that was, things. Yeah, that I was used to like love one of Blank my favorite Man. movies <laughs> seen it growing up. up. Yeah. That would we're be gonna, on in the house for sure. We're going to see how you feel about that movie after this. This is. <laughs> I, there's a number of interviews that he's done for this movie, as well as other members of the cast that I had to subject myself to. I wanted to know who made this movie and why, and like why they thought this was a thing that was going to resonate with people. This is I, I want to read all of this, because I think you need to hear all of it in context to really understand what's happening. So this is an interview that he did with uh, this person, Scott Holleran, who asked some weird questions, but... I appreciate him asking these questions because these are more when you watch a lot of the press tour stuff, like white people aren't going to ask any real questions. So no, these are, these are the more like intimate questions and like Mike Binder, it's got no filter. So let's yeah. get into it. So this is Scott Holler and talking to Mike Binder, Scott Holler and ask him just about like, what was the most rewarding experience you've received, you know, like screening your movie. So Mike Binder says, I'll tell you, and it's not a short answer. When we started testing this movie, we started with a white audience in Pasadena. My wife and I saw when Cousin Cosner made his courtroom speech that it got applause. And I thought, they love that. And the audience loved that speech, but it's not going to happen next week when we show this movie in Inglewood. The next week, when we went to Inglewood and played it to an all-black audience, it got a bigger applause. I thought I had lost confidence in myself because I had thought that people are, are not fundamentally that different, and everyone is going to understand that that speech means when the white audience in Pasadena applauded. And Scott Holleran interjects, because in that moment, you become self-conscious about being white. And Mike Binder says, yes. So in that moment, when the movie got applause from an all-black audience, I thought, okay, I was right. People are not monolithic. People are not sheep. People think for themselves, and they think much more alike, white people and black people. We are much more Americans than we are white or black, and flawed or not. Flawed, we are so much more similar than we think we are. So that was a great moment for me, right? This is where (laughs) we start to get into the spicy stuff. So Scott Halloran asks him, "What's, what's the single most important image in your movie? Mike Binder says, I think it's probably when Kevin Costner's character is standing in his dining room during the pool party and he's watching Octavia Spencer's family swim around in the pool and realizing that he might lose custody. He might be isolated by himself. And you realize that his biggest fear is that he might lose the connection to his late wife. That's what the movie is about. That's what Kevin Costner got right away. The movie has a racial thread to it and interesting things to say about race. But this is a movie about family bonds and what you lose and gain by really loving someone. This girl is all he's got left, and if she goes, he's got nobody. So what he's saying there is that this isn't a movie about race. This is a movie about family bonds. And I just called it black or white and made up this whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Because the name of the movie is black. So then Scott Holleran asks him, is Kevin Costner's character a racist? Mike Binder says, no, this character is not a racist. His problem is not with the fact that people are black. First of all, he's very angry. So his problem is that he feels that he needs to protect this little girl. He never does anything in any situation in the movie that he doesn't think is in her best interest. For example, when her father, Reggie, the one guy Kevin Costner doesn't want around her, comes back and says, give me some money and I'll go away. Kevin Costner knows that... That's the absolute worst thing for the girl. When he reaches for the wallet, he says to Reggie, you get yourself out to my house and bring a present and some flowers. That's what your daughter needs. It's not what he wants. He wants this guy gone, but he's looking out for his daughter. So again, I don't know if he watched the movie that he made, but (laughs) uh, Kevin Costner, definitely racist, right? Then he asks if Octavia 
Spencer's character is flawed. And Mike Banjo says, yes. She doesn't want to admit that her son has a drug problem and is a violent, erratic guy. And Kevin Cosner's character doesn't feel safe for that reason. If her son were either sober or dead, Cosner's character would have no problem with shared custody. His problem is that he knows Rarina and he's right. And as soon as Reggie comes back, her brother Anthony Mackey says we need to stick with shared custody because Reggie's not the right guy. And Rarina rejects that because as good as she is and as well-rounded as she is, she'll force her son and her granddaughter together because she thinks that her son being in her, his daughter's life will force him to be good. And Cosner's character knows that Reggie has to heal himself, and it's not the responsibility of a little girl to be the piece that fills his soul. Reggie's got a hole in his soul, and Rarina wants it to be filled by Eloise. And as screwed up as Cosner's character is, he knows better. Mike Binder is an alcoholic, has admitted to being an alcoholic, has been in recovery. He wrote a movie about a guy who is an alcoholic and somehow is the best cust like is best for custody for this daughter while at the same time not acknowledging the addiction problems of Reggie's character and basically paints him as a crackhead with no redeemable qualities. I have a None. hard time understanding yeah. how somebody who knows addiction firsthand could look at another person and write that character as if they are just a piece of shit <laughs> who is going to be on crack forever. An you irredeemable I mean? piece of shit. Meanwhile, this Kevin white Costner person is, is literally <laughs> Kevin Costner is like, my shit. addiction's not as bad as your addiction. Yes. Yeah. So even though it's still it addiction, it was like so hard with like the Reggie character too because it was like I kept wanting to be like I wanted to root for him in some way. I'm just like, wow, they really they made just him like wrote a character that like there's no I can't root for you at all. He's no. literally he just running she slapped, away. When she slapped him the fourth time, I was like, "Yeah." I felt bad for Andre it. Holland. I, I felt bad terrible. for Andre. Yes. I was like, "Dude, yeah. you get called a street nigga to your face, and you don't get to kill this person." Also, also, right. he just runs and, away. From but also, him. like, how do you run walks. away from somebody calling you? <laughs> yeah, and you walk away, and then like two <laughs> scenes later, your mom, right there, his that's his yeah, mom. That's his mom. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, whatever, because they're only like five years apart in real life. But yeah. uh, slaps the shit out of him like four times in front of other people, like just constantly getting embarrassed, constantly yeah. taking L's. Embarrass him in front of the But whole he has like house. no agency about himself whatsoever or his like recovery process. You just, we just hear that he's in recovery. And I'm feeling well, bad for the actor. Like, you don't got nothing to work with, bro. Yeah. Well, here's this part, too, that this movie fails to even acknowledge at least even a little bit. I believe him when he comes back and says that he's been in Seattle, that he's clean. Throughout the movie. I did, I did believe him, too. Throughout the movie, Kevin Costner <laughs> constantly tells him that he's a piece of shit, that he doesn't believe him, that right. he's a drug addict, that he'll never get his life together. This is a man, again, trying to recover and get better, and he's hearing this constantly. It's no wonder that he gets hooked on drugs again. What else is he going to do? Everyone yeah. else, if no one else believes it, in him. You're gonna His be life like, is well, falling apart, true. and he has no support system. What did you think was going to happen? But then, but then his mother is like, you need this baby in your life. It's going to make you better. And then I'm going to slap you until you realize and it. I'm going to yeah. slap the shit out of you in public until you realize it. Uh, here's some Fam. more Mike Binder bullshit scott Halloran <laughs> basically asked him about some a whole bunch of other movies and then about his movies and about themes of his movies and how they come together mike bonder's response is i don't watch my movies and i don't think about them after i make them and i've never seen indian summer not since i finished making it after black and white comes out i'll never watch it again i mean 
<laughs> why would you? That's the thing. It's like so you're admitting that you're making movies that you don't, don't even, even want to watch. watch. He's never going to watch it again. Scott Holleran then asks him, is the Anthony Mackie character racist? And then Mike Binder says, no, he's a realist. Everyone in this movie uses the race card as a tool and nothing else. They don't believe it. It's not real to them. The only note I gave Anthony Mackie is to take a look at James Mason in the verdict. No. He's a sly fox. I think he's one brilliant sly fox. And Impo Cahill, no. uh, no. no. who plays uh, Duval. He plays the tutor. I said, take a look at Peter Sellers and being there in terms of creating a completely different character than yourself and not seeing the seams. That's it. There's no more. Okay, okay, okay. Before we go any further, oh, there's more. I have to. I I know there's more because this this nigga is just wild. Oh, we're not. First of all, first off, and, and this is my bigger. This is the big problem. I think honestly, honestly, with racism, which is that. White people don't want to acknowledge their hand in it, right? Mm-hmm. Not especially in this movie. Don't he does. He he says that it's a movie about family bonds and the, Kevin Costner's grief. Like, suck some stuff. <laughs> uh, my mom's listening to this, <laughs> but like, yeah, you're crazy. You named a movie no black or white, and then you're gonna tell me it's the about amount of time family that bonds. Race and is brought grief? up in this movie, and you're no. gonna dismiss the idea that it could more than likely be about race is just it's asinine. It makes no fucking sense. <laughs> Kevin Costner. Constantly says in the movie, "Why do you keep talking about that? Why do you keep bringing up? Why do you keep bringing up race? The, uh, which is every, you, I mean, listen to any white person in a uh, oh, yeah. pressured situation about race. The first instinct they'll go to is, "Why are we talking about race? Here's because it's like literally it's the subject at hand, fam. Not be about." what it's talking about and this this movie you, this movie doesn't see color that's why it's this movie is some bullshit because this movie thinks that. it doesn't see color when the title is black or white black or like, white but it's not yeah. about race I, I hate guys. i hate I, it's about it, family i can't stand Ohana. it's about i, I don't see color family. i don't see color i don't you know I, yeah you know, <laughs> ohana ohana means bullshit when you watch when you watch the press tour interviews with everybody right like everything that they keep saying specifically kevin Costner and mike binder is about how can we start a conversation this movie is meant to start a conversation this movie there's a weird thread with a lot of the white interviewers where they talk about how this movie is not politically correct and reaches into areas that other movies are scared to go into which is a whole other thing but the idea that (laughs) there's there's an idea that you're picking up on cameron right where it's not even that white people don't want to talk about race it's that they do want to talk about race and they're not qualified to do it and so what they want is an opinion that matters and that That has the same weight that has the same weight as the people they're talking to but the second that the people that they're talking to start bringing up (laughs) history they say well wait a minute i wasn't around in whatever time or i was yeah but yeah i'm not my ancestors i'm not my grand great-grandfather you're not your ancestors you're not your ancestors you weren't around during slavery but i don't know maybe you're around during redlining or maybe you're around during the gi bill or maybe you're around it's systemic (laughs) yeah they're like i'm not the problem i'm not racist i have black friends what are you talking about i listen to 
I listen yeah. to Kanye and yeah. Beyonce. I'm not racist. <laughs> <laughs> well, because they sure. want to, they want to move like a lot of this. They want to move the needle. They want to have the conversation. Yeah. Spoiler for oh, something God. that Mike Binder is about to say. <laughs> this movie took place or came out in the middle of Ferguson, right? This is 2015. Oh. This movie came out in the middle of Ferguson. So, so this is this is the environment that the movie is is entering the world in. And so everybody's talking about it. And he's talking about a post-racial society. That's one of the things he keeps okay. bringing up. He said something about Obama and how he was inspired by, you know, seeing the first black president and like all of this other bullshit where Ugh. basically you can't have it both ways, right? You can't want a post-racial society. One, you don't want that because then you're not white anymore. And I don't think you yeah. know what that means. But two, <laughs> two That's real. That's real. You, yeah. You can't have a post racial society until you address the causes, right? And right. so every time we talk about it, why you get upset is because we say, Well, what about this? And you're like, Well, why are you bringing up you know, that thing from, you know, whenever. And it's like, well, because yeah. that's why I can't buy a house. And right. that's why my bank loans get denied. And that's why all these right. other things had to happen. And There's so a... if you can't connect those dots throughout history and you're unwilling to recognize all of the systemic things that have happened throughout history, then you can't talk about a post-racial society because what you really want to say is, can we just forget about all that? Can we just forget well, about yeah, it? Can we just, move on? <laughs> let's just, you know, that's not really important. There's a there's a great interview. I think you've seen this, and I think you might have showed it. I don't think you showed it to me, but it's um, from Samuel Jackson on the press tour for Django Unchained. And a uh, interviewer says to him, he's like, I got a really good question. I want to ask you about, uh, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio's use of the, the N-word. And Samuel Jackson's like, which N-word? And the interviewer goes, oh, you you know the one. And he's like, no. What? Nifty? Nine? What, 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 what N-word are you talking about? He's like, and the interviewer even goes like, come on, man. Come on. You know, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and he goes like, no, I don't know. Is the word no? <laughs> and he's like, and then Samuel Jackson basically says, we're not gonna. We're not even gonna. This interview is not gonna go any further. You can't ask that question until you can say the word to me. And he, this guy's just like, oh, I just, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to say that. I don't want to. No. And all he has to do is just say the word say to it. him so he can ask his question. And, and honestly, his word, his the word is in the question. I'm sure. So yeah. I'm like, go ahead and pose the question. Sam is like, go ahead and pose the question. Just this guy's like, I'm, I'm not gonna do that. Next and then question. he says, and he, and then he, and then he tries to rebuff him. He goes like. Well, it was a really good question. And then Sam goes like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Because if you're not willing to have the conversation, if you're not willing to, to yeah. actually investigate the shit you're talking about, you can't have a, you can't have a conversation about it. And, no, and, and even for fear of like you being labeled a racist, because you're not going to be labeled a racist just about investigating a topic, right? I feel yeah. like a lot of white people and like probably a lot of white people who made this movie, if they ever said the N word or if they ever actually investigated the problem, the systemic problems that make race, the nuance, the actually nuanced thing that is in America, they would have to investigate some really terrible shit about themselves. Yep. Probably your grandfather owned slaves, 
probably your father made some of that money. That's the where reason you, you might have. Where do you think your family's wealth came from? Where, wh- hey, fam. Hey, fam. <laughs> how do you how do you think you showed up in that nice house? You didn't just show up on the planet in a nice house, bro. You know what I mean? Like, well, because even speaking to like you, your family has lands. And then there's history after history of black family that had their land taken away that would have been worth millions of dollars if they still owned it today. But, you know, the government needed it or university needed it. Hey, hey, Kevin Costner, let me ask you this. Why does Dances with Wolves stop right before genocide, the Native American genocide? Why does that movie fucking quit right before that shit starts? You know why? Because you don't want to talk about it. We got the little epitaph that was like, oh, yeah, and they all died. Oh, yeah, and then Uh, genocide. (laughs) And then they were killed. The homeboy uh, walked off into the woods and then genocide. Roll easy credits. it was for Kevin well, Costner to say nigger. Like, he didn't have to. It, it sounded like he didn't have to practice I was going to say. It sounded real natural. It felt like it came from. <laughs> it came from the gut. His, his ancestors were speaking through him. And he just. Uh... His ancestors wanted an opportunity to say it, too. They're like, go say it. Say, say it for us. Say well, it for us, Kevin. Say it for let's... us. <laughs> let me let me power through more of this bullshit because uh, yeah. Scott Holleran basically asked Mike Binder about uh, Jillian Estelle, who was the girl who plays Eloise, and you know just about like her story and uh, you know what what she's what is she looking for, and then Mike Binder responds, "She's the pot of gold. It's always the pot of gold, and it's really about how do you keep the pot of gold safe." She's conflicted, but you see what she wants in her drawing. She wants her family to come together. So he basically calls her an object. A prize. Uh, that people like you are said fighting earlier, Kimmy. A prize. Uh, and that's that's his justification. Here's the part where everybody, I'm glad we're sitting down. Oh god. Uh, but oh, we're gonna no. we're gonna get to all of these things. Scott Holleran has the temerity to ask him have any of the black members of the cast expressed concerns in the wake of ferguson and staten island grand jury decisions mike binder says no but i haven't spoken to them the three i'm in contact with are info uh anthony mackey and octavia and these are not race-centric people i'm really not a race-centric or jewish-centric person i don't walk around thinking how does this affect the jews and it's good the jews i've had black friends from whom everything was about being black or white but octavia spencer is a woman who is foremost a woman yes she's black but that's not the defining trait and anthony mackey is the same way although i'm sure they are completely affected by ferguson in new york i'm just saying i don't have these kinds of relationships with them we are artists that have worked together that's the overriding thing scott holleran follows up again has the temerity to ask this question as a straight white male are you privileged mike binder pauses am i privileged pauses probably but i don't think so much that it precludes me from being objective or detracts from anything that i have or that i had to work to learn to earn sorry scott holleran then follows up with have you been prejudged for being straight white and male Mike Binder responds, yes. A resounding yes. (laughs) I can't get into the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Sciences 
I've applied and been turned down three times, but with as many movies as I've done, if I were a young black guy, I'd have been in. I've totally given up even bothering to apply because they don't want white guys in their 50s. Scott Maybe you, your movies should stop sucking ass. That? Scott Holleran follows up. The Academy has been explicit about that fact. Mike Binder responds, yes. So the pendulum is swinging the other way. Has there been a time in this country where there was absolute white privilege? Yes, absolutely. Right now, I actually think a really sharp, smart, energetic young black person is in a great situation in this country right now. I'm not just talking about actors. There are companies and corporations that just really want to bring people of color along right now. It's an agenda in American life. I don't believe there are people that consciously think that black people don't matter. I really believe there are a lot of people in this country that really want us to move forward. Did he just say he's oppressed? This is the rhetoric of a person who has like never been oppressed in their entire life. No. I'm just going to put this in here. What the fuck? <laughs> this man is wild. This boy is crazy. He's Mike literally... Binder does Go not ahead. stop. He continues on. Oh, God. Oh, man. In response to a question about being from Detroit, you can't judge people from the past by today's standards. We're in a different time. That's the proof that things have gotten better. I grew up in the city of Detroit, and my father grew up in Detroit at a time when blacks and whites never mixed, and he would talk to me about that all the time. I always go back to what President Obama said when he was asked about race relations in this country, and he said that our kids are better than Michelle and I, so my kids are better than me, and I'm better than my father, and that's what this movie is about. I loved 12 Years a Slave. I'm sure I enjoy Selma, but they're backwards thinking i want to be forward thinking where do we go from here that's why i frame the girl as the last image because this movie is about our children whether they're biracial or not what is the message we're going to send about getting along this dude is like it's like what is a what was what would be a white man's kufi because it's like he's wearing the kufi he's like telling white people to open a third eye talking about it's about the future not about looking backwards Mike Binder continues with zero filter. <laughs> oh, my God. Got holler and ask him, what's the best movie about race? Mike Binder responds, I like Do the Right Thing. It's a very honest movie. I like Has it. he it seen that movie? Punches. Scott Holler follows up with, have you invited Spike Lee to see Black or White? Oh, yeah. <laughs> have you invited Spike Lee, Spike Lee to see Black or White? Mike Binder responds, No. I don't no. want to have anything to do with Spike Lee. I'm not a fan of him as a person. He's a rabble-rouser, and even in his movies, he has a look-at-me quality. Do the Right Thing was the kind of movie, the last movie of his, that didn't have that quality. The Spike Lee, the other Spike Lee movie I like, is a comedy. Wait, what? Wait, no, no. Mike Binder responds, no, I don't want to have anything to do with Spike Lee. I'm he's not a, a fan of him as a person. He's a rabble rouser. And even in his movies, he has a look at me quality. Do the Right Thing was kind of the last movie of his that didn't have that quality. The other Spike Lee movie I like is a cop movie. Delroy oh, clockers clockers scott holleran do you think spike lee would what? like your movie probably not but i really don't care 
It's so funny because he cast Anthony Mackie in his movie, who's in like one of the most race-driven Spike Lee movies, She Hate Me. He probably didn't see it. Like, <laughs> if Anthony Mackie's character was... Actually, isn't Anthony Mackie's character in She Hate Me a lawyer? I think so. Nega. Like, if Anthony Mackie's character from She Hate Me was in black or white, it'd be a completely different movie. Scott Holleran asked him again. Mike Binder, at this point, is just... He's probably had a a drink or two. Your boy's Uh, on one. (laughs) He asked him, what was the most common objection by studios to your movie? Mike Binder responds... That it isn't going to play to black people or white people and that black audiences don't want to see movies with black and white characters and that white audiences don't want to see movies with black and white characters. Scott Holleran asks him, is it too soon for black or white? Mike Binder, I think people really want to see a movie about races coming together. This is a hot button issue and there are a lot of people that aren't interested in this at all. I have a friend who says, you go where the love is and that's what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to go where the love is with this movie. I know who I am. I know what I want to say and do and I'm too old really to care what others think there is this woman who wrote this horrible fucking review on the rap.com and i wanted to write this thing and just nail her on facebook and my wife said to me don't do that and my wife is right by the same token i don't need to pull punches in my life i don't have a blog so my facebook page is like my blog and that's where i say what i think and feel so he's one of those on facebook i wasn't nice she accused me of race baiting and making the movie as an excuse to use the n-word it's a horrible word but i don't need to come up with an excuse for that the trolls are going to come down from the hill for this movie and i welcome them come on down all it will do is help the movie because there are people on the right and on the left that live in an agenda-based ex- existence and see everything through an agenda and don't really watch things just for the story that the filmmaker or writer oh is trying to God. tell is this they're on, trying to is, was fix this it. filmed this, this is interview? this is just a written interview <laughs> Because oh I would have loved to see this interviewer's face. Like, I would have just been laughing in this man's face. Like I, I honestly would. I couldn't even be object- objective to him. I would laugh in his face. He continues, they're trying to fix it. Oh, my God. Watch. Saying, how could I make this go the way I think the world should go or the way I think blacks should think, rather than letting a movie play and experience the story? By the same token, I keep hearing over and over that we need to have a conversation about race in this country. What some people are really saying is that we need to have the conversation about race that I want to have, and I don't want to hear other points of view. And I think that... And I think that is going to happen, that there are people that are just not going to want to watch or support this movie. Scott Holleran responds, who should not see this movie? Mike Binder responds, anybody that thinks they know exactly how everybody feels about race and knows exactly how all black people think and how all white people think. And Scott Holleran interjects, which is not possible. And Mike Binder keeps going, which is which is most liberal writers and a lot of far-right opinion makers. I think that people will come to a time when people don't see anyone exclusively as part of a monolithic group. Do you know what I mean? It's really incredible when you watch cable news and commentators say, well, this is a problem with white people, or this is how black people think. There's just too many of each of us, and everyone thinks completely different. Everyone is an individual. Charles Barkley has come out with a completely different opinion on recent racial incidents and protests, and I know that some people are upset with him. <laughs> to me, the most important idea that I tried to put in black or white is that it's not your first thought that counts. It's your second or third or fourth or fifth. And what matters is not if you are white or black or Hispanic or gay or straight. It's that you are how you behave. That's how I'm going to judge you. I'm not going to judge you based on your service identity. I'm going to judge you based on your interaction and how you behave towards me. It has nothing to do with skin color. 
Scott Holleran. In other words, to paraphrase what Martin Luther King Jr. once said, Stop. you judge an individual by the content of his character. And before we go any further, oh my God. I just want to put this in here. Uh, just so if we're if we're quoting MLK and a lot of white folk have demonstrated eloquently that they don't have no sense. <laughs> well, that drop has never been truer on this podcast. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Mike Binder continues. Absolutely. I think maybe I'm there's good. an older generation that needs to die or that only sees people by skin color. But I think most intelligent people in this country, and I think there are a lot more of them than are acknowledged, judge people by the content of their character. That's what this movie's about, how we move forward and what's the future. I wanted to make a forward thinking movie. Okay. Here's the Here's you thought that was bad. <laughs> this is the end of the interview. This is the end of the interview. I want to drop kick this nigga off a mountain. If you're listening at home, please sit down. Scott Holleran asked him, "Have you become affected by the Ferguson riots?" Mike Pinter responds, "I have been affected. I think it's very sad. By and large, the media and the race baiters have allowed us to miss the overall lesson that we have to really be talking to young people, not just black and white youths, about their behavior." So he uh, ends it all with a "I told you so." Oh, oh my! Oh my uh, God! Like. He says, Ferguson, we should be talking to children about their behavior. Does he know why the riot started? Because of a child's behavior. (laughs) (laughs) Just fucking wow. I have never been so dumbfounded on this podcast. This is the man who made this movie. It makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, after you read all that, I don't even have to argue it because he showed his buffoonery. I I had to read all that because you just you could not even get the temperature of it. If you go to his Twitter page, he's defending Dave Chappelle right now. He's got multiple outcries against cancel culture. He's encouraging uh, parents to beat their kids, and he's retweeting multiple tweets with people attacking Greta Thunberg. And then he's got a random retweet about the Ahmad Arbery case in which he's like, uh, you know, somebody was like somebody was making a salient point about race. So it's just like a very strange thing where he's just like, yeah, those white people deserve to go to jail. Also, that child who's advocating on behalf of a better planet needs to burn in hell and shut up. <laughs> Those are the two thoughts that he's having simultaneously. Oh my god. This guy has made millions of dollars. Oh, he made the problem. Dollars. This is the Let Yeah, me, that was exhausting. Oh, that was exhausting to listen to. <laughs> Let know. me exhaust you more. You asked about this movie being based on a true story. This yeah. movie is based on Mike Binder's real life experience of his wife's sister passing away. And them having to help raise her biracial child <laughs> with some people in in Compton. There was zero legal dispute between them. They just raised the child like normal they people. Just, so that part was made up. So the yes. court case is made up. Yep. All of that's made up. He just he just had a biracial kid in his life 
and was like, but what if I turned it into all of this other shit? So I bet Papa Mike had to definitely like yanked at this little girl's hair once. And when he probably cried when he wrote that scene in the screenplay, he was like, oh, it's so, so real. So did Mike Binder, is Mike Binder the real life Kevin Costner or he knew yeah. the person who was the Kevin he Costner? He was the real life Kevin Costner. It sounds like he's the Kevin Costner in this case. This makes sense because like the whole Kevin Costner character, I was like, this has to either be like literally Kevin Costner or the person who wrote this movie. Like it was so specific. Yes. Right, because the whole very his, much like someone's weird belief system. His whole vibe is like "woe is me," right? Like, I'm this. This is. I mean, Andre Holland might be doing drugs and trying to recover, trying to make his life better, but who's the real victim here? Me. Let me read you <laughs> something from an interview he did with a place called Cinema Nerds, where they ask him with regards to the hair scene. You didn't do your nephew's hair, did you? And he says, no, no, my nephew would never let me touch his hair. As it happens, my daughter's best friend is a little black girl. They could be sisters. They're so close. They've been best friends since kindergarten, so she stays at her house a lot. There were mornings where it was all about this girl's hair. I would see them just trying to comb her hair out, and it was just hours of hair talk. And I always thought, okay, that's fun. That's fun. Black hair is just fun. It's so fun. The interviewer follows up. I've heard some people say that that's their favorite scene in the film. And it was a good example (laughs) of what daily struggles are like for people with that type of hair texture. Binder says, I never knew that until my daughter's friend came into our lives. That is not my favorite part of the film. That is my least favorite part of the film. (laughs) None of this film is my favorite part of this film. (laughs) No, my least favorite part of the film is... Kevin Cosner saying nigger like it was water. <laughs> Just yeah. flowing out of his mouth freely. That was very bad. He had practice. So, so he wrote a script so he could get a white man to say his, he probably, I bet on the shooting day, like he was sitting behind like Video Village, like watching him say it and he was like mouthing it himself. He's like, yeah. <laughs> Like yeah. Oh, did you get the? Can we do it again? I didn't feel the R on the end. I didn't feel. Can we just go at that one more time? Cameron, cinema nerds asked him this question. There is a lot of humor in this film, but there is also a lot of emotionally charged scenes, such as the confrontation between Elliot and Reggie in the street where Elliot uses the N word. Were there any difficulties filming the scenes such as that? Binder. The only problem with that street scene was that that day Paula Dean lost her whole career because she had used the N word in 1960. So I need to. Kevin I need. Costner, oh. And people are going. Should we do an alternative? Is there going to ruin Kevin's <laughs> career? There was talk about wait, that among wait. us partners and producers. <laughs> and to his credit, he went, "Hell no, we're not shooting an alternative." But that was the only problem with that day. Anthony, Octavia, Kevin, and I are pretty sure people in who we are and where we are in terms of race. We don't doubt. None of us are so race obsessed or feel insecure with our feelings about race. So we just went with this thing like a movie. Cinema Nerds follows up. Are there any reactions to the film you've experienced that stand out for either of you? Anthony Mackey's also in this interview. Anthony Mackey says, for, the reaction, for me, the reaction has been overwhelmingly positive. I feel like we're at a place where black people want to talk about it and white people want to talk about it, but they don't really know how. Like, everyone's on eggshells. How do you go to a black person and say, race, so what's up? It's this whole victim-villain game. Race? And I feel that yeah. these people that? have found it. No. <laughs> Anthony, what? It's no, this whole victim-villain game, and I feel with this movie, <laughs> People have found it a firm, neutral ground to jump off and be able to have that conversation. So those are the responses that I've been getting, which is about 75% of the reason why I wanted to do this movie. So I'm happy about that. 
Biden chimes in. Over the other 25%. A check. The check. A check. The money. Binder responds, my favorite was when the Attorney General, Eric Holder, in Washington came out to see the movie and came right up to me and said, Mr. Binder, you've nailed it. I said, really? Even the legal stuff? He went, well, that was a little fudgy, but the (laughs) movie was awesome. And Valerie Jarrett loved it. The head of the NAACP loved it. I've been really excited. I've had people that I respect enjoy the film. The writer... Uh, Gay Talese wrote me a beautiful note. It's been interesting, and there's been a lot of people that just Gay Talese. And the last movie he wrote that said it was a white man's excuse for racism, which I don't get. Again, you can't do this movie and have everybody love it. You just can't. By and large, I'm really happy with the reaction it's gotten. What? What? What the fuck? This is so weird. <laughs> this is just confusing. It's very strange. He he tried to bring Valerie Jarrett into this. Like, yeah. don't don't bring her into this. He there's another interview. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> from com. There's a very strong epithet that's spoken by Costner more than halfway into the film that achieves. Oh yeah, I wonder what effect. it was. How much consideration went into that placement in the context of that outburst? I don't know. That kind of speaks for it to itself. We didn't shy away from it, that's for sure, or it wouldn't be in the movie. But we both felt okay. This is how we want to tell the story. And it's a horrible word, but he used it, you know? And he'll have to pay the penalties for it or explain himself. He didn't have to pay any penalties or explain himself. <laughs> <laughs> no, he explained himself. It was just that it was his first thought. Yeah. <laughs> his, his first thought was to tear him down. By his race, <laughs> Kevin Costner. Oh, said. but 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 Mike Binder doesn't see race. I'm sorry. Well, how about Kevin Costner? He says a lot of people said maybe we shouldn't do that. I thought to myself, no, no, no. I think we should absolutely make this movie because the truth is that movies have the ability to change you a little bit, and movies that have the ability to foster a conversation after the fact. And I think this movie will take its place nicely with those kinds of movies. He's also talked about this movie being in the same league as, I don't know, Dances with Wolves. So I think that says a lot about where he's coming from. Uh, Just Costner um, also added, I grew up around race issues. It wasn't around people who were angry, but people who used the N-word very casually. Again, it wasn't out of anger, but more because of ignorance with jokes in the 50s and 60s. It's no longer appropriate, which I'm glad to say. It concerned me how we treated each other. So this movie goes right to the bone. Sometimes a movie can start a conversation, and this is important to me. I've learned a long time ago, if if I treat something importantly, chances are that it will be taken that way. I.e., if I, a white man, give attention to this, maybe people will also care about it. So there's your answer, Kemet. We know that he's said the word before. He's clearly very comfortable (laughs) about it. He just basically admitted it. God... I mean, mm. yeah. Okay. <laughs> this movie yeah. is wild. If you go over to Amazon, our favorite, it's got four and a half stars. Yeah, that sounds about right. If you go over to IMDb, it's got a 6.6. That sounds about no. wrong. No. If yeah. you go over to Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a 38%. That's, yeah. it should be lower. It should be, but sure. at least that's in the right direction. At least it's rotten. <laughs> Would you like to hear the Amazon reviews? Yeah, why not? Sure. 
<laughs> Cameron's just like, I just, I'm done with this movie. A very tastefully done theme okay. about a sensitive subject. It was more than the name implies. It's more than race dealing with addiction, dealing with a death of a loved one, dealing with parents and grandparent roles. It's dysfunctional on both sides of the family. It made you laugh and cry all at the same time. The acting was superb with Kevin Costner and Octavia Spencer in the leading roles. However, the little girl who was the central character the movie pivots around stole the show. Black and White is one of those movies that you actually watch more than once and come away with nope. something new each time that's an incorrect review it's don't ever want to see this I was, sure. I was gonna say that this was a Mike Binder written review but he <laughs> doesn't watch his movies he wouldn't even watch it himself <laughs> yo <laughs> yo this is crazy I feel like I'm crazy this movie made me feel like I'm crazy another yeah. review I thought that this was a movie in perfect timing for an attitude check in society black or white showed how irrelevant color is on the human experience but how some want to keep banging that drum. Throw the drum away and listen to the beating of your heart. That's what prevailed in this movie. Something Kevin like Costner. That. <laughs> Another review. Very well-written script with believable characters and storyline. The wrong, issues portraying wrong, racial wrong. prejudice and substance abuse were scenes that invite reflection and conversation. The bottom line is that prejudice exists on both sides. And there's a lot on both sides people writing right. these reviews. You hear all these reviews yeah. talking about there's bad people on both sides. Everybody's Excellent wrong. acting it's in very, particular. Yeah. Very Trumpian In particular, the, co- the yeah. courtroom mm-hmm. sparks between Marina and the black judge were outstanding. After, I recommend this to my adult children after initial viewing, and I watched it again with them, and everyone thought it was an outstanding film. I like how they made... Uh, I like how they uh, made it clear that the judge was black. Yeah, <laughs> like that, the scenes between Rowena and the black judge. Like, yeah, uh, if he was a white f- judge, he would have never said anything about their race. Exactly. The, this is the last one that I'll read, and it's my favorite one. It just says, "I wasn't aware that I purchased this movie, <laughs> 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 but it was really nice and interesting." <laughs> Aww. 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 How sweet. <laughs> Sounds wow. like Mike Binder's mom bought the movie by accident. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, it was almost like you, Carmen, where you're like, this isn't what I thought I was watching. <laughs> this is not what I thought I was watching. Exactly. I think so, a lot of people saw this movie by mistake. <laughs> after all of that racist shit, how do you guys feel now <laughs> about Black or White? It's still... I mean, the same, just worse. <laughs> yeah. Exactly that. <laughs> That, like, people validated this shit. People saw it, like, watched the two full hours of this movie, and then were like, yup. Critics killed this movie, but the Thank fact God. that Mike Binder came out his mouth and said all those things in one, in one interview. That was just the, the first thing that I was reading you was just one interview. That's how he feels. That's how he, he feels, just, bro. Is he making any more again, movies? He hasn't made any movies since Black or White, but he does have... <laughs> fucking uh, right he's got a comedy uh like special thing on showtime about like a comedy club he was also out here defending louis ck Ew. and like how do you defend uh, louis ck oh, yeah. promoting mm-hmm. his latest special no Did you what he was that? doing was purely <laughs> physical like that shit was gross <laughs> but he's a comedian and comedians are never wrong according to mike Binder. uh yeah 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 so he, i mean that's that was the after i read that interview i had to take a walk and yeah. just kind of stop because it's just like t- this this is the mind of the man 
who made this movie. And he made, again, he made this movie, one, with full authority in his mind and heart that what he was doing was going to change things, was going to speak to people, that it had to be said that this movie was so important. Kevin Costner read the script and said, I have to put $9 million of my my own money money. into this to make this a reality. You know what I mean? Like It is wild to think between the two of them (laughs) that they were just like, this is a thing that has to exist. We got all the answers. Yeah. Uh, two, the problem with this is that two white men saw this and was like, yeah, this will cure it all. This yeah. will cure it all. But again, at this, I know, you know, certain things like this are just kind of coincidental. But this movie came out in the middle of Ferguson. Literally at the at the wake of the new, I mean, like, this fair, new cultural they, uprising. That wasn't when they were filming. Yeah, that, they were filming right, that wasn't when they were filming. But, but I'm saying... Right. They right. maybe yeah. could have, you know, waited. No. Or, <laughs> or not happened. But it comes out. Nah. It, it, it You're right. Fun. It needed to come out at that time so it could show <laughs> in relief exactly how stupid this bullshit is. How stupid yeah. this bullshit is. And Mike Binder, again, is just out here. All this is happening around him. And he's like. He's caping. Do you know who's wrong? The kids. He's going full oh principal skin. <laughs> the children are wrong. <laughs> Just classroom after classroom of ugly children. Yeah, they yeah. need to. Maybe if they got together, you know, the police wouldn't be killing them, is basically his, his consensus. Aye, here. Yeah. So uh, let's transition over into. Well, I guess the last thing that you will be very sad to hear is that there is an interview with the little girl who played uh the main Eloise. character let me let me get her actual name right um it is jillian estelle who played eloise she did an interview just last year in 2020 oh, wow. talking about how this movie is still so important today and how people need to see this film and oh. how it's Mm-mm. speaking to our times again 2020 last year Mm-mm. She was saying that this movie is as relevant as it ever was. This Gee, movie, mm. we all watch this movie on Netflix, right? This is a right. movie that is readily available to anybody who wants to watch it. And I just don't understand how this movie is not only still being talked about in any way that is like, yeah, you know, because when, when it came out, you watch the interviews, Octavia Spencer, Anthony Mackie, saying the same thing that all black people say in these movies, right? Nobody comes out and says, yeah, this movie's some shit and it's racist, but I needed a check. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I did right. black or white. Right. Like, they're all talking about how it's important and how you should see this movie. Andre Holland really doesn't get talked to, and, I, and I'm sure he has opinions about this I, movie. I'm sure he avoided this these press yeah, tours like I the plague. I would love to hear... Like yeah. what he has to say about it. I would love to get I, I would him want off to ask the record him. sometime and just kind of like black or white, right? It's, like, it, was, <laughs> <laughs> he did walk into my there. he did walk into my job once, and I'm kind of mad I hadn't seen the movie at the time, so I could just be like, "Fam, like, you want to talk outside for a second? I just want to chat with you. I just want to talk, talk to you for a second. You should have just been like, "I'm so sorry." I'm, and he's what like, did they do to you? About like, oh my what? God, it's the street. <laughs> <laughs> what What was the check like i just asked him what was what was the amount you could just say just say the number you ain't gotta tell me if you got installments because he's got like 
fourth, fifth billing in this movie, so it probably wasn't even that much. Like, you get smacked in the face four times and called a street nigger within 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah. And you know they did multiple takes. And of then each you of have those. to say oh, that yeah. he was right. And then he was. And right. then you have to. Yeah. And then he. Oh, oh, yeah. oh my god. And then you have to take the stand and be like, "Yeah, he called me a street nigger. Yeah, he called me a drug addict. And you know what? He's yeah, right." Yeah, that was not the. Movie <laughs> this white man. To watch after watching. This and white room, man is correct. <laughs> a room full of black people heard him say that and said, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> I would have been in the back just so facepalm, just like, damn, bro. Why you do that? So bad. Why the you, fact that he you was not. say nothing. Why you let that happen, The bro? fact that he was not in. Because here's the thing. I mean, we'll, 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 we need to move on. But I will just say, just offhandedly, <laughs> it is crazy to me, just from a legal standpoint, one, that Anthony Mackie is allowed to try this case as the right. brother of the yeah. woman who's fighting for custody. That or the, def- a... the prosecutor. Two, that they constantly interact throughout the course of this trial. Like, they're seeing each other all the time. They're going so over to each other's houses. So much conflict of interest. They're, like, just in each yeah. other's lives in an intertangled way that's, like, you should not be seeing the person that you're taking to court in a heated custody trial just on a casual Saturday, right? Like, that seems crazy. She comes over to his house for a pool party while she's yeah. suing him for custody yeah. of his yeah. child. Yeah. That's yeah. wild, right? Then, <laughs> then, but all the black people, every time they see him, they're like, oh, what's up, Elliot? Oh, Elliot, what's going on, man? It's so it's good so to true. see you. It, that's and it's the funny like, part of the movie. That's the actual comedy to me, is all but, these black people are like, oh, that's Elliot. He's that cool white guy that like we all know. <laughs> The but fuck? then at some point, Reggie tells everybody that he called me a street nigger. Yeah, that's and the then thing. he they still can come over to and your he can house. Still yeah, come over like how do y'all not without feel getting MC punched after hearing that? He can there's, still come over to the house and not get punched in the face on the strength. I can't believe there's not one cousin that it wasn't on site that he didn't see right. him pull up and just like. Because you know there's Stop at least one out. cousin who just doesn't care about the politics yeah. of it. He's just like, I heard Sorry. you said some wild shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we all so. got that cousin. We all got that cousin. Don't lie. Anyways, let's get into <laughs> uh, just, yeah, I guess, what do you want to do? Calcacity ranking or do you want to reimagine this movie? <laughs> hey, hey, I'm going to take a... Does yeah, not need yeah. to be do we, you know, let's take a vote. Does anyone want to re, reimagine this movie? No, I want I want Kevin Costner to run me nine million dollars. Yeah, give me give uh, me my reparations. <laughs> I want them directly mm-hmm. from you. Because I just, Cameron, you know, everybody here I think knows as as black creative people trying to do things, the fact that he just slid Kevin Costner the script and he was like, "Here's nine million. Bet. We're going to make this. Let's movie. do it." You know, when there's countless black people not even trying to make movies, but trying to open just a trying business, to but trying to open to, a like, business, just keep their house. You know, and he gets. I want him to sign my shit. reparations check. Mike Binder or Kevin Costner? Both them bitches. I want both them motherfuckers <laughs> to run me my money. Pay me the same amount. Yeah, I think we can all collectively agree that this movie belongs. In the trash. Allie? In the trash uh, can. Never to be seen or spoken. I can't wait till it's not on Netflix anymore. Just, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's no longer streamable. It shouldn't be readily available. Yeah, for I was honestly, when you yeah. said it was on Netflix, because I was like, this movie can't be. Like, right. I was thinking Amazon, because like Amazon is where yeah. those movies kind of are. 
I yeah. thought the exact same thing. I was like, wait, was you like, said Netflix? it's just there on Netflix? Yeah. Probably yeah. was very happy that I didn't have to pay for this movie. Lit, that uh, part. Because I would have been super upset. But oh, hell I yeah. also just don't want it to be. We gave money to Mike Binder, basically. I'm not giving yeah. him shit. Did we? Yeah. If you stream I... it on on Netflix, does the that... money go damn royalty-wise? Like, I don't know how that works. That money needs to flow in the reverse. I need to be paid for my time. Yeah, <laughs> if I yeah, ever yeah, see him on the street. that time back and money for if I If I ever see Mike or Kevin on the street, what it do? I need, <laughs> I need money. I need money. Uh, well, let's get to the caucasity meter. There you uh, go. As uh, you, you guys know how how this goes, so we'll we'll just list <laughs> off very quickly the three <laughs> levels of caucasity. Uh, Cameron, what's what's our first level? A first first level of caucasity is shorts in the wintertime. You know what the it's happening. And literally it's, it's happening, happening now. right now. I I'm dead serious. I left your house, Kevin, last week, and immediately ran into a dude in shorts and sandals on a 40 degree day i see that all the time at my job Mm -hmm. i don't even question it at this point it's wrong uh well (laughs) why it's the lowest on our carcassity meter is because it's not doing anything to me it's not doing anything to us it's not a real problem it's just more like what are you doing why are you doing that to yourself you know it's cold yeah or now that we we've, we've also witnessed this too, it's just white people with no shoes on leaving the house, no shoes, no socks, just barefoot, barefoot in the street, just walking out into the street to like not even just go outside to get the paper, but like go somewhere, go places. <laughs> I have seen white people on the Manhattan streets. I am not kidding you, barefoot in Manhattan, New York. No, you know no. what's on the streets of Manhattan, New York? Glass. Every Everything. substance. <laughs> Everything. Every substance. I've seen so, I've seen, seen Slurpees thrown yet. into the street. I've seen everything. Uh, so that's yeah, that's it's not harming us in any way, but it definitely is. I have to imagine it's hurting you, uh, and you should probably make better choices with your life. Confusion, confusion. The second level is this movie's touching my hair, which <laughs> now we've reached the level of like you're you've, in my you've space. entered my space. Yes, you've entered yeah. my space. <laughs> we we are you're you're touching me, unwanted contact. It doesn't and... hurt, but it is an act we're of crossing, violence. Yeah, we're crossing the line. Uh, if I thought HR would do anything about it, I would talk to HR. Um, but Fair <laughs> yeah, but we know better. Yeah, but it's it's not it's not great, and you know it's it's a gateway to the third one, which I don't even know uh, where, what to do with this movie because it's gonna get it. But we got like, we got Taylor Swift's cover of September. <laughs> Yeah, we've got Chris, we got uh, Chris Martin Chris, cover of Chris Pony. Martin covering Pony with no shoes on and a double bass. <laughs> yeah, uh, we've got John Gruden's emails. We've, we've got, got Aaron Rodgers. I'm out here not being immunized. <laughs> oh See, I think that you actually need to add um, Mike Linder. Was it Mike Linder? His. Uh, quotes to your scale i guess like that's yeah and mike binder mike binder's mike binder, whole interview yeah, <laughs> mike binder's yeah. post black or white interview <laughs> oh my God. i think that's what it is yeah, <laughs> yeah. the because ca- the, the sheer caucasity 
I listened to while you read that off, my, my jaw was on the floor. I couldn't believe yeah. he really I mean, thought those thoughts. That wasn't the whole interview either. No, I so believe I, he oh, thought yeah. them, but <laughs> said them out loud. Said them yeah. out loud. To be recorded for other people to hear. Yeah. yeah. No, he was like, I don't care. You full <laughs> full Ray J energy. Ray J energy. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. You know, just just letting it go. It's just yeah. I think it's that- like it's like Speedy is like the interviewer being like, but racism is real. He's like, no, it's not. Go ahead, go ahead, break the glasses. Go ahead, break the glasses. I'm not going to do that. I, racism is real. You can't. You got to acknowledge racism. He's like. Racism ain't real, fam. It's not real. Show dog. me the racism. Where is it? Show at? me the racism. Do it. Do, do a racism right now. And then he snaps, snaps the glasses. Like, I don't care. Yeah. Then he pulls out. That's the really, it. He pulls out the Willie Lynch verdict, and he's like, I don't care. Oh, oh no. I don't care. I don't care. Uh, I don't care. Just so, reckless. It's a combination of Any, it. Anybody just, going below it to you? I don't know. It felt like it was touching my hair. But <laughs> cuz I don't know the amount of hair nigger being said by Kevin Cosner, it just it felt like he was saying it and then reaching out of the television screen to grab my hair. Look, Kevin, hair was hair was being touched in this movie. It was in a That's, violent yeah. way. And it wasn't even and it, I feel like it's also like a combination of not even shorts in the wintertime, but more so like it is wintertime and you see somebody's baby without a coat on. <laughs> like if this, this like is, that, you know if Well, it's true because that's negligent, which this movie is. Like or it's like all the no all the white on. celebrities who are like, yeah, I don't bathe my kids, and you're yeah. like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> you don't wash your children? <laughs> so this this movie is <laughs> touching my hair while Taylor Swift sings September in the background, and, and Kevin Costner and Kevin Costner, yeah, Kevin Costner <laughs> touching my hair while Taylor Swift sings September, and they say racism doesn't exist to my face. Uh. Yeah. Ugh. It's it's accurate. <laughs> wild, Carmen. What do you? I mean, I know what you think, but go ahead and, and say your piece. Yeah, it's a, like I said, it's like a hate crime. It's, <laughs> it's, it's like that's kept accurate. I was, accurate. This, I was just like, this is this is really bad. Uh, Cameron, it, I assume that you're <laughs> all right. I don't want to scream because I've screamed enough on this podcast, but I'm gonna be very succinct. Fuck Mike Binder. <laughs> Fuck Kevin Costner. Uh, Octavia, you, I guess you're still good, but you want thin ice. And fuck this movie. Cameron's like, if it wasn't for Ma. If it wasn't for Ma. <laughs> yo, for real though. Because I don't, I don't give a shit about Kevin Costner. And I don't give a shit about Mike Binder. But I do find Ma entertaining. I love Octavia Spencer and I just want her Look, she's yeah, a great actress. I want her to do better. Don't make I, me drink alone. I, <laughs> I mean, we'll yeah. just we'll, we'll oh, list it out. Hold up, guys. She had a purple drink in this movie. <laughs> oh, no. That's, That's a microaggression. <laughs> oh, no. It was in my notes. I was like, why does she have a bright purple soda? Oh, that feels like purple a microaggression. You know she was probably drinking a regular ass orange juice, and Mike was like, "No, no, no, purple. no, no." Can we color correct that? Make that can, purple. Can we? Can we get? <laughs> can we get this girl a grape soda real quick? 
I know we got a grape soda in Crafty. Can we get her a grape soda real yeah. quick? And Octavia's like, why? And she's like, you know why. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, well, I do like grapes. <laughs> I do like grapes. Enough said. Let's hold them cameras. <laughs> All right. I mean, we if we just go down the resume, she was in The Help. She was oh, in yeah. Hidden Figures. She was oh, in this movie. Yeah. She helped produce Green Book. Yuck. Uh, <laughs> I we want have her to questions. do better. Uh, so, yeah. I want her to do yeah. better. We, I want the best for her, too. Yeah. I do. But, yeah, but fuck Mike Binder and fuck oh, yeah, Kevin Costner. Fuck, oh, yeah. fuck this for movie. Sure. Yeah. And Anthony uh, Mackie. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to force somebody that. Somebody slap him on that wrist or something. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And everyone apologized to Andre Holland. <laughs> Everybody apologized to Andre Holland. He deserves Holland. better. Nothing but good things for Andre Holland. Yeah, the only good things about this movie, Andre Holland and that little girl, who I still feel very sad She'll for. have a career yeah. after but I feel. I she'll, so. she'll wake up. She'll wake up. Yeah. She's all right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I promised this would be an evergreen drop, and we're going to play it forever, because this is just how I feel. Why the fuck you lying? Why you always lying? Oh my god. Stop <laughs> fucking lying. Cuz that's all this movie is. It's it's a big lie. It's a whole it's, it's a whole big lie. It's made so bad. to make I don't know who feel better cuz I mean that's the question that I always have about these movies that we'll never know but just like Yeah. White people watch these movies and feel what? Afterwards like what a, a white person watched Black or White and thought to themselves what? <laughs> like, what was the takeaway? Yeah, what did you from this movie? Because I honestly want to know. I was very upset within five minutes. You know, what I mean? all it well, took I, was, all it took Amazon was the brush. Reviews. Those Amazon reviews, I think, answered that question. You're not That's wrong. True. You're not wrong because those people really feel those things. Amazon is not a place where people <laughs> yeah. go to lie on reviews. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I mean, like a lot of the white critics did just read it for filth and uh you know give it gave it what it deserved but still the larger general consensus about this movie like i have to wonder how many people watched this movie and thought there's a message in there there's something in there there's to take something away. in there yeah there's something like the, there's meat on the bone regardless of how bad the movie actually might be there's still yeah. something, some meat on the bone, and there's something worth discussing here. When it's like the whole shit is so moot, yeah. you know? Yeah, I mean, most black people, I think, will see through this movie within the first five minutes. Like, you know, this, <laughs> yes. like they'll just be like, "What? What is happening?" <laughs> but that these movies are not made for us. You know, they're not made with us in mind. They are made to, I guess, either pacify people or yeah they're no you're right and you to yeah they're made to pacify kind of... white people and and uh lull them into an idea that racism isn't as bad as they think and that they are doing good work by trying to be altruistic people because that's Kevin what these Coster, movies are made for he doesn't do anything in this movie though he, he right he's a victim like, of circumstance he just talks down on uh, he's not even a victim. He's just a uh, he's a matter of circumstance. He's he's a fucking yeah. menace. Yeah, <laughs> he's a menace is what he does. <laughs> he talks down on Andre Holland for the whole movie, talks down on Octavia Spencer for the whole movie, changes none. Like decides at the very end once he's granted sole custody that maybe I should go to 
an AA meeting. The the part yo, that... and he yeah. he takes his he's like I'm gonna do it too. Holland's like shit that he okay. says about going to rehab. Yeah. Did oh, you he catch does. that? Yeah. Like when Andre Holland is talking about like I have to go and like get some air, blah blah blah, and that's like yeah, what Kevin caught. So like verbatim, he, he fucking that's... appropriates his. Oh. But he only does it because he's a vic- he only does it because he lost. Yeah. Well, because this is other yeah. really dumb, gross part where again they're trying to make these strange false equivalencies. Du- Duval, Duval, I don't know why he is in the movie, but is also telling him, "Oh, you know what I do when you know I'm to bored drive him around. I need something to do." Right. <laughs> He's like, "I learn another language." And then Kevin Cosner. Oh, that's right. For maybe two minutes, he's learning. Tries to learn. Yeah, da- downloads Duolingo and like opens it up for two minutes. <laughs> but the, the, the implication is he's a better person. He's becoming a better person because he's half learning French, which is like, what the fuck does that <laughs> even mean? That has no bearing on Have to if he's a fit anything. father or anything, but it's played as if like, oh, wow, he's really trying when he should really go to rehab. <laughs> French is not going to fix anything. Like, it's wild that that's even in the movie as kind of like a, yeah, but look, you know, like, is Reggie learning French? <laughs> you know, and it's just like. <laughs> wow 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 that's that's wow um i think i think we've I'm, thoroughly... I'm only laughing because i could totally see him using that as an excuse uh, is, for, yeah but is reggie learning yeah. french i think not uh i think we've done enough with this movie yeah. uh there's yeah. really not much else to say if uh, you yeah. were to recommend, I mean, this is probably the most, the longest this movie's ever been talked about ever. I would, I would hope so. I didn't even know it existed until you guys yeah. told me about it. I, I didn't know it existed until I've, I've, I've found a lot of movies that I'm just like, this is a movie. Uh, <laughs> I remember the, I remember the trailer coming out on TV, but just and then I forgot you know, about you, it. You see instantly. the bullshit a mile away, jujitsu. Yeah. I just like whoop, miss me with that. Um. I guess do we want to recommend it's this this is our Christmas episode. So if there is any oh. black black Christmas movies you'd like to recommend or just well, general movies you'd like to recommend. I was going to recommend that Mike Binder actually sit the hell down and watch Do the Right Thing. <laughs> nah. And actually would, see what movie he's talking about before he Oh, Jesus. I, I would love Mike Binder and Spike Lee to just be in a room together just to see yeah. what it would be funny <laughs> and I'd watch that. That's yeah. what I really I would watch yeah. every minute of that. Uh, <laughs> right. I mean, that's like Mike Binder was just scared, basically. Like that's he does. He knows he doesn't want Spike Lee to watch that movie. Yeah, because yeah. he knows Spike he would, get would his ass beat. Yeah. He, would just, <laughs> he wouldn't even get beat. That he mean, would just rip it to shreds. Or Spike yeah. wouldn't even do him the justice of talking to him about it. He'd probably get up forty five minutes into this <laughs> bullshit and leave. <laughs> but uh, yeah, are there? Are there any are there any Christmas movies, black or otherwise, that people would recommend for people to watch, or just holiday movies? It doesn't have to be Christmas. It could be a non denominational. Uh, yo, here's an actual good movie on Netflix. I thought Jingle Jangle. Jangle Jangle. Was oh, Jingle Jangle was <laughs> good. It was actually like good. <laughs> I'm Very I'm not even going to front. I had a striking. good time. 
I like yeah. how I went from like, you know, Mike Binder is maybe the worst human to walk this planet to, you know what? Jingle Jangle was pretty good. Jingle Jangle was. <laughs> Jingle Jangle was popping, though. Yeah, it was. It was popping. My favorite Black Christmas um, movie will always be The Preacher's Wife because that soundtrack yeah, yeah. is the shit. Bangers. We used to play it in the car all the time Bangers. during like, the Christmas season. Like, that was our Christmas oh, yeah. music. Legit, legit. Uh, uh, um, what's the what's the Whitney Houston song on yes. it? I believe in you and me. Mm-hmm. Mm, oh, 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 <laughs> banger, banger. Kevin Costner doesn't even know what bangers were on the Bodyguard soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> I would say. Probably, I mean, maybe just because it's the the most recent one that I watched. I did like Best Man Holiday. I don't know if it was Best as Man Holiday is good. Yeah, I don't know if it was good as Best Man. Um, I've only seen no, the Best Man. I did never seen Best Man Holiday. Yeah, I haven't seen either. I'm yeah, they're, they're like, fun. They're right. Yeah, I, I mean, feel like could the, also... the, both the Best Man movies are like some of the better like mainstream yeah, black I... movies. You know? Yeah. Yeah. They're some of the better also, ones. You know what, though? I think we, yeah, we would be remiss. I think the best black Christmas movie to watch is is The Wiz. Yeah, Everybody Thanksgiving oh, and yes. Christmas. Yeah. That's the one, yeah. Yeah, the holiday season. Yeah. So, Actually, I'm going to yeah. rewatch The Wiz. Fuck it, this weekend. <laughs> Just a, as a palate cleanser. So, fuck Mike Binder. Watch The Wiz. Watch The Preacher's Wife. <laughs> <laughs> and watch Jingle Jangle. Surprisingly Jingle good soundtrack. Jingle was really good. Yeah. Well, we've we've probably given this movie more time than <laughs> so ever. Talk deserved. about. But yeah, I, yeah. I would I would like to thank both of you for being here. It's great, Kemet. I got to see you recently, which was nice. Yeah, um, it was good seeing you too. Yeah. Yeah, family. Soon, which will also be nice. Um, yeah. But is there anything you guys want to want to tell? The people, do you want people to follow you on social media? Do you want to? No. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) That's what I was telling Jordan. I was like, you have like authors and like artists and people on here. And I'm like, I'm just a regular person. You can follow me. Um, Well, tell them about your store. I'm trying to. Yeah, well, it's not really a store. I sell vintage online, Lit. but I don't have a lot up right now because I'm slow and I also have a full-time job. Um, but, you know, I'm trying to put feelers out to maybe start a business of my own one day. So Rolling mm-hmm. Moon Resale on Instagram. Uh, you can find it there. Do it. Get it. Yeah, that's me. Or if you want to go on Groupon social media pages, um Maybe you'll see some stuff I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kemet, is there anything you want to tell um, people? I guess you can follow me on my personal Instagram or my hair Instagram. If you like hair stuff, you want to book me or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not mm-hmm. really yeah, like yeah, advertising yeah. my full time gig as a stylist but you know if you're interested my personal instagram is at chemic chaos and from there in the bio if you want to look at my hair page it's uh at hair by chemet so uh yeah 
I got some fun stuff on there. Got some, got some photos. Got some stuff. Got some things. I like to dress up so you'll see that. Get your get your hair done. Get your hair did. Get an outfit. There you go. Be looking good. Get your hair done by somebody (laughs) not Kevin. (laughs) I will take the brush and rip at your scalp. (laughs) There you go. And that's and that's good enough. That's great. Your coils will get some tender loving care. Oh, there yeah. you go. There you go. Um, Karen, what what do you got going on? Um, you know, making some movies. Um, yeah, I got some some stuff coming down the pipe for next year. So maybe I'll talk about that in the new year. But um, right now you can follow me at the Blipster eleven thirty eight on Instagram and Twitter. Hey. And I'm Jordan Clark. You can follow me on Twitter at JRSosa18, J-R-S-O-S-A-1-8. Comic stuff coming soon, uh, similar to Cameron, stuff to announce probably next year, but yeah. things are things are on the way. Um, and if you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us at uh, white, people won't white, save you. <laughs> white people won't save you at Gmail. White people will save you pod at gmail. Pod, well, yeah, white people yeah, won't yeah, save you yeah. pod get, get at the gmail. Pod in there. Yeah, you're gonna send that. that. You're gonna send that to somebody else, and they're gonna be Uh-oh. very confused. <laughs> but white people won't save you pod at gmail.com is where you can reach us. Uh, I think we'll still be collecting brackets for our white. Oh um, yeah, white madness tournament to crown the best <laughs> white savior <laughs> of all the movies we've done so far. It's a little so, fun game, a little fun game for you guys. Yeah, so you know, send those in. Uh, I think we'll be collecting those still through this week so yeah that's all that we've got but everybody out there listening to hopefully you have a happy holidays and all that good stuff whatever you celebrate and uh we'll talk to you next week fuck mike binder yeah that's and happy christmas You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved.